da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. It's been 4,012 days, or 10 years, 11 months, 25 days, whichever way you want to look at it. How Break it down do into you minutes. Measure, measure 10 years. We measure it in um, the Kennedy Iron Stones, suits. Iron Man suits, <laughs> um, <laughs> references, Easter eggs. We're going to get to it all. Um, this Loki is. Deaths. <laughs> right. This is. <laughs> this is the. Um, culmination of 22 movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and to join us in our breakdown is a visitor from the Piss Jar Cinematic Universe, <laughs> Shane, Batman Shane. Hey, man. Hey, guys. I'm stepping across the street from the distinguished competition, as they say, and uh, happy to be here to talk a little Avengers with you guys. Always good to be here. I don't know if the word distinguished has ever been thrown around. Yeah. But, uh, a lot of CrossFit over on that side. This side, a lot of a chain more, wallets. More, yeah, yeah. A, little lat, a little more a lot, of, a lot of jars of urine and, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bench pressing, this I'm bench pressing universe, right you know? now. So if there's, like, some audio interference, that's just, that's the weights, okay. bro. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I, I had the great pleasure of, um, of seeing Avengers Endgame with uh, Batman Shane. Mm, Hawkeye Shane, or, please. yeah, <laughs> Vision Shane, and uh, and uh, he looked pretty yoked. So just put it out there. Good, we can only hope. Um, well, this is a long time coming, and we have a lot to discuss tonight. We're not sticking to the normal Mad About Movies format. Um, it's all Avengers in game tonight. No movie news. Maybe a recommend at the end, but probably not. We'll probably be exhausted. Um, and uh, a lot to talk about. And I think the, the perfect place to start with this conversation is just talk about the release, talk about the, um, the uh, box office, I would say, um, <laughs> Holy cow. record. I don't know if there's, that's the correct word, but um, I just kind of want to go over what a feat it was this past weekend, just to kind of put in context what we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, aside from narratively uh what it means you know and and how they've woven these characters together and they've done all this thing uh you know there's this hugely complex thing of of bringing back all these beloved characters and things like that but uh i mean just the ability to capture an audience this wide is is incredible and we were talking about it on the on the ama last week in the vip mad about movies podcast.com slash vip where we do a monthly ama uh, Brian and I were talking about kind of projections for this, yeah. And I thought I overshot it. I, 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 I my my projection was like, you know, it'll probably you be a little bit less. But, no, right? but I was like two eighty three. That was my guess. Okay, okay, two eighty three. Yeah, I said three hundred, and I felt like I was out yeah. on a limb. I should be on all these business. Cause I knew it was going over three hundred just from the hype. I'm mad that my power was out, and I was working. <laughs> Good times. I would yeah. have yelled at you guys. We, I would have gotten you guys both over 300. We would have been smarter. Oh, well. Yeah, you you know. win some, you lose some. The record was 257. That's yeah. the thing. That's the like, thing. It's that's... like it never even come close in the history of cinema yeah. before. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Brian, 257, was that Force Awakens or was that Last that Jedi? Was, yeah, that was – no, it was uh, Infinity Wars. Wow. Yeah, that's oh, why oh, I did. Okay. Well, sure yeah. enough. I figured, if, I figured this one would have 40 or like 30% growth on that just because it's the end, quote, unquote. And plus sure. I could just tell like – 
you know, the, the thing of uh, random old people asking me about it. Like, oh, this is a thing. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that test where it's not just uh, comic book people and all that. Man, it's crazy. But I wouldn't have guessed this high. That's crazy what it yeah. is. It's going to keep going, too. I mean, it's. Yeah. Right, it's still going to so, be in theaters after this weekend. So I think it'll it'll be. Was <laughs> it a, a one time only thing? Yeah. Wow! Yeah. It, you know what? It probably yeah. could have been. And, me. <laughs> and with, let's just put this into more context. I've got I've got a little bit more breakdown uh, here of the numbers. So uh, worldwide, for the four days starting with Thursday, um, the worldwide gross total is one point two billion. Um, Gracious! That smashes the past record um the records that it broke is biggest thursday night preview ever uh which was 60 million the, the previous was star wars the force awakens at 57 million no okay. um, i thought it was Lord. ghostbusters <laughs> the new one. Oh, answer the call i only know that answer as the answer call. the call mm-hmm. i don't that one didn't even don't come don't out associate that with the, the term ghostbusters um and just if, if i may jump in for half a second because this statistic always impresses me just for the viewers that are interested, a million seconds, if you were to time it out, is about 12 days, give or take. A billion seconds is 31.7 years. That's the difference between a million and a billion. Yeah. So, you know, just so that people, when when a movie <laughs> yeah, makes $20 it, million dollars a billion versus a billion, dollars, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's quite, yeah, you're, that's exactly right. Um, just to put it in perspective, um, Actually, I'm gonna get to that in here in a, here in a second. But uh, so yeah, the fr- the previous Thursday night uh, preview record was Force Awakens, and it beat that. Uh, biggest Friday opening ever is 156. So it made 156 in the 24 hours of Friday. Um, the previous was the Force Awakens at 119. So it beat that by almost 50 million dollars. Um, <laughs> biggest Saturday ever, 109 million. Um, the pre the um, Previous was Avengers: Infinity War, and it beat that by thirty million. Um, the biggest Sunday ever, as well. <laughs> this is all domestic, by the way. Domestic totals: sure. um, eighty-four million uh, today. The previous was Infinity War at seventy million, <laughs> and the biggest five-day total uh, of all time: three hundred and fifty million. The previous record is The Force Awakens at three twenty-five for wow. the total f- uh, five-day record. Um, it's the eighth film in 2019. Actually, um, it's the second in 2019 to cross one billion dollars. Yeah. The first being Captain Marvel, and so it's made more than Captain Marvel already in its total this gross is, in uh, the is, first five days. Yeah, worldwide, it is the 18th highest-grossing movie of all time in three days, four days, whatever. <laughs> wow, I mean, that's, yeah. that's insane. It's the eighth Marvel Studios film to cross a billion dollars. The third directed by the Russos, starting with Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. And um, I saw, as of earlier today, it's already in the top 50 of all time in U.S. total domestic gross. So it's already the 50th most, in the top 50 most successful films to ever be released in the U.S. in terms of money. Um, and, to, uh, to Brian's point, though, shame they're going to pull it from theaters this weekend. So this is it, guys. It's not going to do any better. <laughs> yeah. And it's like one of those concerts that they show for one night only. Get in there. <laughs> yeah, this is a fathom events. You know, How, here, here's a question: How much more money would it have made if they said we're only showing it for these five days? Would it have Would it have made two bill in a week weekend? <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. maybe, but there, at a certain point, you're, you run out of It would have been physically impossible, I mean, yeah. It would have gosh. been physically impossible yeah. to, to make more than it did. Um, I went to a pretty early screening um, today, and it was completely packed to the gills. Yeah. Not, one, yeah. not one seat uh, on early on a weekend uh, open for this. I live very close to a theater, blocks from a theater, and I, I texted you guys on Thursday night that people were parking in my apartment like parking garage to go to see Avengers because the over the parking lot was so full that they had overflow parking like multiple yeah. blocks away for it. Can't um, call the cops on every single I one. I did. Of I was like, they all got towed. Hope guy. it was worth it. There was. Sorry, it, me and Costas onto Macumpo needed to go see it together. My close personal friend, my my neighbor. Yeah, right. Texas Legends and uh, FC Dallas scout team. Texas player, Legend players. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's incredible. I mean, I, I compared it last week with Brian to to The Force Awakens, saying that was the last time I remember for a month straight driving home and passing the theater by my house, and every day for a month, the theater was uh, packed to the gills, um, the parking lot, you know, like not not one parking spot. I'm talking like, I would drive that, that thing at 2 o'clock on a Wednesday, and it would be yeah. packed. <laughs> I was like, this is something else, but... Um, yeah. I like, had like two we, invitations today of, hey, I'm going to go see this again on Monday. Oh, wow. Uh, like at 11 or something, if, if you want to go. Like, I got to work, but. You've got to start getting friends with jobs, I'm telling you. I told you this. <laughs> <laughs> Be better for you. I just mean for you, even, selfishly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it, it. We talked about uh, Avatar a little bit previously and that it's, it's number one of all time with 2.7 billion. And the real, I guess, um, outlier with Avatar was that it was in theaters for so long. Yeah, right, um, it was in right. theaters basically from Christmas until like next the next fall, and then and then more after that. After the Oscar push came, they put it back in theaters. But I I, I vividly remember like in August of the next year going and seeing Avatar in theaters. <laughs> It was um, such a spectacle, too. Yeah. It was like, hey, we're bored. Let's go look at that cool 3D stuff. Yeah. I don't know Absolutely. if the new ones will have that same pull. Yeah. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe he'll develop the technology where they do. But That's why we, we talked about um, – I, I knew we all said that this would be definitely the biggest opening ever. Um, it's still – I don't know if this is going to be the biggest movie ever uh, and it's all said and done. But yeah, because – previews, we'll see. I mean, previews, we'll see. But I feel like a lot of people will – be like, all right, I, I did it, I experienced it, I'm good. You know, I don't know if yeah, this is gonna yeah. have the like, oh, you gotta see this quality that Avatar had because it was so so different and out and out there. Um, I feel like the MCU fans will eat this up for two weeks, and then I don't know if they'll be in. You know, in three months, are they gonna be still be beating down the doors to, well, to go see this? I don't know when. We, right, and, right, and really. Like we talked about earlier, too, is that Disney has to pull back the reins on this because they got other movies coming out. They got Aladdin, right. they've got they got Spider Man, they've got Lion King, you know, Toy Story, and all these movies to promote and and clear out theaters for. That uh, they're really the only thing stopping this movie from being the biggest movie of all time is Disney. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like it's pretty. I feel pretty good about it's going to be numbered. It'll pass Titanic. It's that last mm -hmm. half half billion that that's the real the real trouble um, to to get up to Avatar. But you're, but you're totally right, Kent. It's 
if anything, I mean, they did this with Force Awakens. Disney did. They kind of pulled back at a certain point to clear theaters and get you ready for the DVD release and every other movie that's coming out and stuff. So uh, I don't know if Disney will push it when they know. I don't think they care about Aladdin at this point. Um, but uh, Toy Story and uh, Spider-Man and Lion King and stuff, That's that may be that may be a factor in that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what was your experience like, the screening, uh, before we get into general thoughts? We'll save some spoilers. Uh, if, there are, if there's anybody listening to this that has not seen Endgame, <laughs> I, I don't think there's anybody that exists anymore that hasn't seen it in the U.S. at least. Um, we're going to get a lot into spoilers tonight. So I, I suggest listening uh, yeah. to this after you've seen the movie, if you can. Um, because there's a lot we can't talk about here. Where they go from here, you know, what this all means without spoilers. So yeah. um, we're going to be a lot more spoiler heavy than we normally are, and uh, yep. just to be forewarned. So, Brian, what was your what was your screening like? You said you went Thursday night. You went with your kid. What was that experience like? Man, I went I went Friday right after school. Friday was my kid's birthday. Um, I really I would have taken him Thursday, but you know it's like a three hour movie, and they didn't start till seven. I, I just I really thought about letting him stay home from school on Friday, but ultimately my wife won, and so uh, he went to school Friday. We went to see it pretty much as soon as he got out of school. Packed theater. Um, really high quality theater experience. You know, we, we talk about this all the time of how the theater atmosphere and environment and stuff really has gone downhill over the, the time that we've been doing this podcast. And, um, it, it does start, it has become kind of a beating in many ways. I love going, I love showing up to a theater and there's just nobody else there. It just, it makes my day. It's, it's such a, it typically turns out to be a better experience for our purposes, you know, of going to see these movies so that then we could talk about him on fake radio for, for an hour or whatever. Um, but this is one of those where you want, you want a crowd that gets it. You want people that are really into it and excited. And I, so we, we lucked out. Um, the, our, our audience was really into it. It was a, there was no, uh, loud between, uh, loud talking amongst ourselves. There was no, um, crazy phone conversations or any of that stuff it it, it turned out to be a, a very good experience my kid had a blast um he was he was super into it that always helps but this the the um i'll say like for me i've been excited about this for a long time obviously i love these movies and have rewatched them dozens of times probably over the years it was it was kind of similar to my experience with force awakens force awakens i sat down i was so pumped i'd been just uh, on a high for the you know for the like month leading up to this movie and then i had this moment of right as it started i had this moment of panic of like oh my gosh what if this is bad what what am i going to do if this movie turns out to be bad and then it was overwhelmed pretty quickly by um how much you know how good that movie is and how much i love it and this was kind of similar it was like not quite the same for me it's not the same love as i have for star wars but it is it has taken up a lot of my movie watching life over the last 10 years and i you know as soon as it started i, I it, it hit me again of like dude if this sucks <laughs> like will all of this be for not will this all feel cheapened if this last movie is uh of lesser quality and I, we haven't talked about it at all i have no idea how you guys feel about the movie which is great make will make for a, a good show but Within about five minutes, I was like, "No, this is good. I'm, I'm in. I like where we're going with this." I was much more emotional with this than I was with any of the previous MCU movies. You guys all know I'm a, I'm a big, 
I'm a very easy movie crier, but I don't think I'd ever really gotten choked up in a in a Marvel movie. And this one, I felt like I was going to be crying like half the time. It was ridiculous. Uh, but the, the Russos, I think, did an absolutely incredible job of uh, of putting this whole thing together. And to sit in a theater with 300 other people who were all there for the same reason there it just i don't know it didn't seem this doesn't seem like a movie that you're going to go hate watch it doesn't seem i don't know this just seems like people um it was like a community event almost which was cool and it added to the 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 kind of the spectacle of it um so we we had a great showing i thought the the movie has flaws sure but i think it is um one of the greater achievements in I mean, I don't want to oversell it, but I kind of, it feels to me like one of the greater achievements in uh, film history, certainly in, in blockbuster history. Um, and we, you know, it was a, it was a great show. I wish I could have got to it again before the podcast, honestly, but uh, yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, anything you guys want to share, Batman, Shane and uh, Richard about your theater experience before we start getting into some general thoughts here? The guy next to me was a real or Shane. Tell us a little bit about Shane. um, You know, for people who are regular listeners of the show, they know you from all of our DC episodes. Every DC movie we've done for the least past two years, you've been on the episode. But but what's your thoughts on the MCU? Uh, You know, um, because we know how passionate you are about Batman and all things related with you know jars of of excrement, (laughs) but. But uh, do you the, love the, these movies, or are you... The, are you the MCU is the worst, and I absolutely hate it. No, guys. <laughs> of course not. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love Marvel movies, too. I love superheroes, and I love comic books. And generally, when I read comics, I prefer DC. But when it comes to Marvel movies, I, I mean, I love these. I love these just as much as everybody else, and I think Marvel is absolutely fantastic. So I was just as excited for Endgame as everybody else was. Um I will say though, I uh, uh, is anybody else seen Endgame twice? Am I the only person that uh, I am not? No. Okay, I, I saw it twice uh, just because I saw it in Texas with Richard, and then I saw it with my wife this afternoon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I will say I was surprised, and Richard, uh, back me up if you feel differently. But I was surprised that our audience was fairly uh, muted. Yeah, there was a number of moments in this film, and we'll get into that when we get into spoiler territory, that were specifically designed for a crowd reaction, and our crowd was like totally yeah. silent throughout most of the movie, totally. which is fine except because the, except still- for the woman next to me who was silent. For the most part, but then every time a character came on, I don't know if you could hear this, Shane, but I was going insane because I hate humans. <laughs> and every time a character would come on, she'd go, oh, yeah, that's Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And, oh, I forgot about this. This is the funniest part. I knew I needed to sleep. Um, this woman was <laughs> – this made me so happy, but as a Michael Clayton fan, I was outraged. Um, she hated Tilda Swinton so much. She didn't say anything hardly for a while, and then when she was when that little vignette of we'll talk about it spoilery, but the Doctor Strange guru comes on or whatever that character's name is. I don't I yeah. don't do names. She was like, "Oh no, oh my god, I hate you, I hate you so much, I hate you, I hate you, God, I hate you. Just get off, get off the screen, God, don't talk to him, don't give him the stone, just give him the stone. I'm serious, I'm not exaggerating at all. And then just back to silence for another thirty minutes. It was so weird." But tell us I did not hear that, but I think I'm also partially going deaf. So who knows? Maybe it was it was audible enough that it ruined the movie for other people. It just but it didn't bother me. 
Um, but no, I, there was that was my reaction. Kent was I was kind of surprised that the multiple moments throughout this film uh, that I saw it with on a Friday night opening weekend, they didn't really audibly react, and I was kind of surprised by that. Um, I thought there'd be an ovation. I hate movie ovations because you know it's been covered by every comedian ever. The the producers and filmmakers on in the film are not there to hear your ovation, but if anything warranted like a hey, thanks for the uh, eleven years of entertainment or whatever, I thought it would get that like okay, cool, and then just nothing, and then just it was weird. We had a really muted crowd. You're right, yeah, which is fine because there were also no crying babies, yeah, no, no like right. awful children. So you know, you win some, you lose some. But uh, that was for me though. I actually had to my judge made sure I. Like there weren't any right. there. Yeah, right. there, yeah. You you that's weren't the, allowed. That's the perk of going to the movies with me. Fifty yards. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a special screening. Yeah. Jane, you're welcome. Um, that's true. Uh, I had a very similar experience to you guys, uh, Shane and Richard. In mine, uh, my crowd was extremely somber. Um, yeah, from almost second one um, of the movie. I mean, granted, the movie starts on a very somber note and sets the tone yes. for kind of what to expect, but. Um, there are moments uh, with with characters that are purely there for comic relief, I, I believe, you know, and yeah. not really kind of the character arc uh, type things. And that stuff worked OK. But uh, but for the most part. Yeah. And when the film ended, uh, no clapping. You could tell there was like one guy who was thinking about it, you know, you can always kind of tell that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Let's go, Columbus. You know, like kind of half clapped, but... There's always one guy who was like kind of trying to start a slow tried clap. to start it, but... And then no one reacted, <laughs> yeah. and oh, so... Nobody? But oh, no. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, other than that, there was like a, a four-year-old, uh, you know, or a, you know, sub-three-year-old in there that was like, I'm a party! I'm like, okay, well... This kid clearly knows nothing about quantum mechanics, so we need to get him out of the theater. Like he's, he's, <laughs> he's a waste of space at this point. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, I would say it was a respectful screening. That's kind of what I wanted was everybody to realize we're all here to see the movie and to experience this and and not really ruin it for anybody. And I didn't get that vibe at all. Um, and and it was. It was it was a very memorable experience. I would say that from a from a screening perspective. Now, let's talk about the movie. Um, I'd said with Infinity War that uh, there was almost no chance um, that it would live up to the hype. There was it was almost impossible for it to live up to the hype, right? Grant, uh, given the amount of people out there that have their own ideas in their head of what they want to happen and their version of the how the MCU pans out. Uh, and I thought for the most part, go back and listen to our Infinity War review at length if you would like, but uh, that it accomplished that. It, it met the expectation. And that's what I thought was impossible, was just meeting the expectation. Um, I went into Avengers Endgame with, with high expectations. Um, honestly, if we're talking about character deaths, I thought everything was on the table. Um, I was not prepared to be emotional or surprised about anything that was going to happen in the movie because of, um, you know, certain things I felt like were going to be in here just for shock value because it is the last one. Um, but that ended up not being the case at all. 
Um, and I, I was just extremely blown away at the level of difficulty, the risk that the, the risks that they took with this film. You know, a lot of people will say, "Oh, this is a this is a great blockbuster that that reached the masses, that appealed to everybody, that you know, uh, hit all these you know every demographic was pleased." Well, this 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 movie took so many risks with with um with the way they went about it i mean i was just blown away that they went this direction and that almost every choice they made worked um not all of them worked for me personally but um i was like just blown away at how many things i was like wow i didn't see that coming but i like it you know um mm. and that is unexpected and i just thought man the the level of Stress that the Russos must have been in, uh, been under to get this thing done, and yeah. for it to be good, let alone you know to please the billion people worldwide that have uh, an expectation in their mind of what they want it to be is incredible. Um, so, and I think it's just just a cinematic uh, masterpiece of a film. I mean, it just looks incredible. Um, it's got certain elements of almost every genre that they've thrown at us. I mean, um, it's nostalgic. It's uh, stripped down in terms of its scale, but also the most epic movie that they've ever done. So that's amazing. Um, and it it really just comes down to the characters. You know, these characters that we love. I was thinking about all the character arcs that are that come full circle in this film or come to fruition that we've been waiting for. And I was just blown away. Absolutely, And I'm going to talk about it, you know, more specifically, of course, but just you name the character, you can just see in this movie, how it's all come full circle from like the first incarnations of like putting these characters into these movies to now it's, you really just see, wow, it's all they've, they've learned from their experiences. They're, they're better or they're worse for it. And it's all just like the arc has all, it's not just the characters that are, quote unquote, you know, dying or important or whatever. It's every like side character mm-hmm. too has all these side yeah. things that all work, you know. Um, and so, I was just I was just extremely blown away by this. I thought I thought it was excellent. Um, I have complaints with it, um, but I was just blown away by this. And uh, I thought it was better than Infinity War for the first time, uh, first time around, just because of the level of difficulty and and the emotional. Um, involvement that I have in the MCU, so uh, I was blown away. What did you guys think, Brian? Yeah, I'm with you. I already did a little bit of that, so I'll I'll pass it off quickly. But yeah, I'm 100 percent with you, Kent. That was a the achievement of this is is something I tr- I'm, I really I don't think we'll ever see this again. And that that kind of man 20 to 21 films to get to this and for them to um, find the time and the appropriateness to kind of tie off every string that has been spun throughout, you know, the, the course of this whole series and to do it in fitting ways and touching ways in funny ways. And then also to connect characters that haven't really been connected before, you know, it just turns into a team up movie for a while. And it's almost all of those pairings are, uh, are, odd or different or have an extra element to them and stuff and it's just that's 
kind of incredible that they were able to do all this stuff. You know, I, I go back uh, this week. I watched a lot of these movies and I wrote about them. And I've, I, I mean, they really have dominated our, I don't know, our our cultural zeitgeist for the last decade. So I, I really thought about them a lot. I think Joss Whedon's Avengers at the time, especially, I thought that was such a risky movie. Like so much. Uh, could have gone wrong with that movie and, and he really pulled off something special. That movie looks like amateur hour compared to this, just in terms of the the complexity and the difficulty of, of making Absolutely. all this happen. That's and, the comparison I was making is like by comparison to this, that's a safe movie. Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah, the sure, crowd pleasing, sure. like play it safe, just throw it out there and make money right, kind of movie. Right. right. Yeah. And I mean look, you can you can there's certainly elements of that in this movie, of course. You know, somebody one of our listeners sent us like a I, I can't remember if it was Twitter or Facebook, whatever, but a message just been like, it just felt a little fan service. It felt like there was a lot of fan service. And I was like, well yeah, of course That's there the was. Point. Of course there was a lot of fan service. <laughs> like and I don't mean that against you know the guy that, that sent that that quote. It just it's yeah, because it's that's what this whole thing is, is building to this incredible, ridiculous culmination of all of these movies coming together. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of fan service in it. It's just a, I don't know, like it, that's to me is like an easy. It's an easy way to, to kind of just say, well, it wasn't that good. Is it very fan service? Well, yeah, of course it was. Just do it well. And they, I, I, I'm. It's amazing how well they did it. So yes, there's little. There are things. There are flaws. There are there are gaps in the logic in places and things like that. And and as almost any blockbuster kind of movie has but this just you know it just feels like the difficulty level on the on a normal superhero movie is like a 70 out of 100 at ma- at most you know and for the really special ones you know you the the um you know captain marvel in a way had had these had real stakes to it like it mattered black panther mattered batman begins mattered um that kind of movie maybe it's like a 90 out of 100 on this is like 190 you know what i mean like it's it blows that scale away it's just when marvel sits the russos down it's like all right well here's here's every character that has to be in it here's every plot line we're setting up for the next Right, uh, it's an impossible seven, task. Seventeen yeah. years of films. Here's all the uh, Disney Plus series that are going to happen that right. have to. Right, you know, it's incredible. Yeah, you're right. As some I, like I love logistics. Like my brain really, I, I can figure logistics out very well. Like I, I enjoy the puzzle of that. This would make me insane. Like I would be ripping my face off. Like it's such a a, a difficult task. It's I said it's impossible. It's not impossible to make this mo- this movie and have it make a ton of money and be gen- generally well received. It is impossible I, to have made it this good, make this much money, be this well received, and and set everything up. Uh, you know, moving forward, it's it's just an, a remarkable. A remarkable task. I, I just, I can't, I, I don't know. I'm blown away. I walked out of the theater like, man, that was fun. I really liked it. I had a great time with it. I was emotional the whole time. It, it hit me in all the right ways. And an hour later, I was still thinking about it. And the next day, I was still thinking about it. And I, it has, I have grown an appreciation for it after, uh, you know, over the last two days. And that almost never happens with this kind of movie it almost always is like man i had so much fun with that and the more you think of it you're like well, it's just draining you know, yeah this but this one was really the exact opposite so anyway richard what about you buddy well i mean it was um it, it's such a it's 
masterful work of of um, you know I'm, I will never call these kind of movies like a masterpiece just because inherently I can't do that because it's about action figures. But in its world, it's like really masterfully done in that it's like it tells a really good micro story, which the micro story took six hours to tell, so it's not that impressive on that front. But they got it done while encapsulating this huge macro story of twenty plus films of of uh, with everything kind of teasing and leading the way. It's such a you know, the Russos get a lot of credit, but the thing that sets this apart is Feige. I mean, really tying all that together, who should get yeah. a ton of credit as well as kind of overseeing this. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's what makes these special is they're not forced. There is always a plan. There's a strategy. Uh, everything builds to. Um, it works both in at a film level, at a phase level, and at a uh, franchise level. All the way, and all those things kind of work together. It's really impressive. And... Uh, this was this was certainly, you know, it's it's a it's a it's blocky in parts because it just has to be. There's no, it's hardly even fair to criticize it because it's an Avengers movie. So there's going to be, you know, now let's go. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom, you know that kind of thing of <laughs> right, I, right. pun intended, but uh, with the DC thing. But like you have to kind of go check in on stuff just intrinsically, and that can get a little annoying to watch, especially over three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that's. What else are you going to do? Um, I, I, I don't even mean that. But the last hour of this really works when everything kind of comes together and and really kind of steps on the gas. I, I was, you know, Shane and I went to saw, saw this late. And uh, so we, we caught a 10, 15 screening, right, Shano? Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, it's 1 a.m., it's 2 a.m. And, uh, you know, so I'm just kind of intrinsically checking my watch, not because I'm bored or anything, just because I'm like, I want to, you know, I've got, you know, I was also like an hour away from home seeing it with Shane. So it's like, okay, I got to navigate this. So it's just like, you know, anxiety of like just wanting to know what time it was. And I was really blown away. Like the first like 40 minutes felt when I would check my watch, it was like, okay, we're probably about an hour and a half in. It's like, oh, okay, only 35 minutes in. Okay. This is kind of slowly chugging along but then like the last hour felt like five minutes i mean it really steps on the gas and in really a beautiful uh way and the, the characters are used um in in kind of it, it feels like a highlight reel in, in in the best possible way they're really they're really highlighted in in that way um you really get the best of all of them the ones that are in now there's a lot of characters not in this because they mostly were in infinity war a lot and schedules and things and then also their dust for most of the movie so that <laughs> um doesn't make sense but the 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 ones that work my only you know there's a lot of nebula there's a lot of nebula um but uh <laughs> but which is fine she's great and that character totally makes sense and it's how you have to tell the story but it's like when you have the option of all of these charismatic actors and actresses and then you have to f- stop down for eight <laughs> minutes on a character who's purposely not charismatic. It's not Karen, whatever, however, saying <laughs> it. it's not her fault. But the character itself is a robot, basically. So it's like, I'm going to take time away from Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Hemsworth to deal with this emotive. Now, oh, great. Now we have two of these robots. You're like, oh, my God, please kill me. Um, Can we get two Hemsworths, please? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but again, it made, to- you know, those things are forgivable when they move the plot and of course that did it, it was just from a viewing thing you're like Ugh. um but yeah i think and we'll, we'll go ahead and go into spoilers here i mean shortly uh, after shane's thoughts initial thoughts but you know the the things they had to do they did with a lot of grace 
and um, uh, you know those things that you tie up, you tie up the things that were nagging at you over the last nineteen films. You tie up well, and uh, and so that was done. I thought with a lot of cl- a class and grace, and and again strategy and sound story and all. I mean, these are just Shane and I were talking about the drive home when I, I dropped Shane off at at his parents' house because he's in from out of town. And uh, and you know we were seeing a Marvel. <laughs> to, movie. to be clear, folks, I don't live in my parents. Basement. I was going to say, well, we were seeing a we were seeing a Marvel movie on you know opening right. night, so you weren't alone there, but it's but, more but, of uh, a lair. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they live with him. No. I mean, I call it the Batcave. My mom refuses <laughs> to address it as that way, but you know, no. Shane was in from out of town and was nice enough to invite me along, and and uh, so I dropped him off at his house. We were talking. It's like it's it's so funny. These movies are just master classes in execution. Like they don't break any molds. It's just like it's the they're the New England Patriots. It's like, you know what? We're just gonna get seven yards every play, and just kind of our everything we do, we're gonna do excellently and just churn up the field. And we're not gonna run eighteen different reverses and like a crazy fun offense, but we're just gonna execute the stuff we do really well. And it's just what they do really well is story, you know, not unlike Pixar or something. I mean, they really mm-hmm. drive that drive that through and so they that that was that was really well done but and they allow uh charisma in their actors in a, a lot of way they let movie stars be movie stars which is cool because you know how often do you get to do that but i've got on way too long for me so shane what were your initial thoughts so uh even casual fans of the show will know that i am not a giant sports guy so the, the story i'm about to tell i, I might be might be factually inaccurate or just flat out wrong but bear with me for a moment. The story that I've often told or the analogy I like to use for these Marvel movies that is that apparently at one point in Babe Ruth's career, he went up to bat and he pointed to the back of the stadium as if to say, this is exactly where I'm about to hit the ball. No, he was and pointing then, because they let an African-American into the stadium and he was angry. <laughs> he was calling an usher. <laughs> so, but in the story, right, he pointed to the back of the field or whatever and he said, this is exactly where I'm going to hit it. And then he crushed it and it, that's exactly where it went. And that's the story that I feel like is, that is a part of what these Marvel movies are is that, you know, starting in 2008, with Iron Man, and then also more specifically in this story in 2012, with including Thanos at the very end teaser, whatever the Avengers, this is the satisfaction of watching that baseball fly into the back of the stands exactly where Babe Ruth said it would go, right? So, so many of these forgivable things, because I agree with Richard that there was a little, maybe a little bit too much nebula in this movie or this and that. So many of these little nitpicks that we might have are so forgivable for the fact that the ball landed exactly where they said it would. And it's such a pleasure to watch the story unfold and to let it kind of go where it goes. Um, that it's just, it's a, it's a treat. It's a real treat to watch these movies because whether you like it or not, you're invested in these characters now over the course of a decade and you can't help, but get attached to their storylines and their arcs. And so it's just, this movie is a big, weird spinning machine that has a lot of different things going on, but I do feel like ultimately it sticks the landing and I feel like it's a, it's a wonderful culmination of, uh, you know, the, the, the ball landing exactly where Babe Ruth and I suppose Babe Ruth in this sense is Kevin Feige, but it's exactly where he said it would land and it's fantastic to watch it, you know? Yeah. And you know what? I, I really like how they, you know, I hate to quote, 
anybody, but, you know, he's just stacking good days on top of good days, right? Uh, good movies on top of good movies. And eventually that'll build to something great, you know? If you take it one movie at a time and say, you know what, let's just make this the best we can make it, then we'll see where this takes us. And luckily, this is where um, it all headed. You know what, I think probably the end game, no pun intended, for Marvel, when they started with with 2008 Iron Man was like one day one day we could do an Avengers like that would be the 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 big end all you know like I don't think they even thought they would make four Avengers movies and they would all be more successful and better than the ones before them and then they would at the end of the entire arc they would acquire the rights to the other half of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or whatever or uh, comic universe and be able to plant the seeds for the next 20 years. I think this is even more successful than, to Shane's point, they had anticipated it being um, at the outset. And and like I said, that's just credit to them. That's credit to Kevin Feige not going the DC route and setting a release date for Avengers in 2012 before <laughs> Iron Man had even come out, you know, basically. Um, and And that's great. And... You know what? Hard work pays off. Patience pays off. And this is, uh, like I said, almost 12, 12 years, 11 years since uh, since this was all started. And even, you know, four years before that in pre-production when they started uh, laying the groundwork for this. But let's talk about the film. Um, I mentioned it starts. Uh, let's get into spoilers now. So spoilers from here on out. We're 40 minutes in. We've given you non-spoilers for 40 minutes. If you want to go see this, come back to us. Spoilers from here on out. Okay. Um, the movie starts out on a very somber note. I loved how it started with uh, Barton, Clint Barton, uh, on his farm teaching his daughter archery and then goes inside and then the vanishing happens. I love that. I thought that was a, yeah. that yeah. Was a real human element to this and it felt like apocalyptic and and like had a horror element to it too um yeah. to start off the movie i i really like that it, it put it in an emotional perspective um it gets him involved in the story um the the phrase i had in my head going into this whole movie was just inevitable fate and i think that's the phrase that they've been pushing home that's the thesis of this right uh thanos Ended up, I wrote that in my notes, and then later in the film, Thanos has the actual line, I am inevitable, um, which is probably going to be twice. Yeah, yeah, it's probably going to become a meme at at some point, you know. Uh, And I I love that this movie it it ties up all these character stories, but the kind of the moral of the story is that um, things happen, they're gonna happen. And you kind of can't control it, um, but unless you're a superhero, right? You've got uh, quantum physics involved in Infinity Stones. But I love the, I love the concentration on the inevitable fate aspect of life and um, relationships and love and all that. And um, I thought this had a bigger moral message than any of the MCU movies uh, previously, especially towards the end. And uh, they set the uh, seeds to that very early. Um, the we get Captain Marvel very early on in the movie, and um, 
she comes into the picture and says, I'm going to go kill Thanos um, in a very humorous way. We bring Captain America into the movie very early on. Um, the first glimpse we see of him, he drops a razor into the sink, um, signaling the end of Catbeard and the transformation Wor- of his worst character. part of the movie. Worst yeah. part of the movie. I, I Scruffy loved, Cap was awesome. I know, but I love the subtlety of yeah. It was his cool. intro was is just cool. like you just see a razor in the sink, and then he's standing there looking in the mirror. There's not like this big this cliche scene of like emotional music and he's like you know it's like crying into the mirror kind of thing um and then they're all talking about um what's happened with thanos what they can do um this kind of this part i felt really kind of jarring it was my first kind of what they're all talking in a group every character that they've established they've introed and then bruce banner's just like but if we do this, we're not going to be able to... And I'm just like, where did he come from? <laughs> He's just <laughs> in the room all of a sudden talking. Um, and Cap comes in and delivers the line. And pardon my language, let's go get this son of a bitch. Mm. And then the credit, then the opening uh, credits uh, title card hits. And when I was talking about risks earlier, that to me, I kind of was like, wow. When they said they started off this freaking movie, it's essentially a kids' movie with "Let's go get this son of a bitch." That that told me, okay, we're we're taking this thing to the next level. If this was Avengers or even Avengers Two, it probably would have been "Let's go get this son of a," bah, 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 bah. <laughs> you know, would have cut right there and been kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny, but uh, you know, cheeky in a way. But they went they 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 went for it in this movie, man, uh, all well, the way. And also, it was just great to see like that moment kind of play out. Where in the second Avengers, there was literally a running gag throughout the film that Captain America doesn't like using foul language. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so true. the the callback of let's go again. Pardon my French. Let's go get the son of a bitch. It was a fantastic callback to this is a big bad guy that we got to deal with, you know. So that was a wonderful kind of callback to that joke. And also just a real great shorthand for guys, this is a big problem and we got to deal with this thing. You know, it was it, it really lent to the severity of the situation. Stakes are higher. Just point blank. I mean, just across the board, stakes are higher for this one than any of the previous films. And I absolutely, I you're, yeah, you're both spot on there. That's a that's an indicator early if you if you didn't already know hey this is serious guys you know <laughs> thanos is a problem guys we gotta <laughs> <laughs> there is um i i guess probably the most complaints that um most people will probably have with this film is the timeline stuff the infinity stones the MacGuffin-y kind of stuff that you have there with being able to go back undo things whatever we talked about in the Infinity War episode where we thought this would go. We talked about Nebula specifically. We thought this would be a Nebula-heavy film. I thought Nebula was going to go get the Time Stone, reverse it to avenge Gamora's death and do this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I expected that. Um, I did not expect that, first of all, the intro to Iron Man, uh, I want to touch on that a little bit, where he's floating in space and gives the last message of Pepper into the helmet, you know, that we've seen from the trailers. Um, that, I honestly thought they were gonna, that he was gonna go in the first five minutes of this. And I was like, wow, this is 
quite a way to start this thing, you know, just Iron Man's gone and maybe they're avenging Tony Stark's death. And that's what calls them all back together to go defeat Thanos. Right. Is that, is that the one who kind of started this thing is now gone. Um, but I liked the, I liked Captain Marvel, a reason for her to be there, you know, bring his ship back and everything. Um, but I did not expect the, I mean, similar to Infinity War in the first five minutes, you know, how Thanos just shows his power. He kills Loki, right? He kills Hulk or whatever. He's just going to town and you're just like, wow, this hasn't even begun. So I didn't expect this, this early for the Infinity Stones to be gone for all of this stuff to be laid on the table, essentially in the first 15 minutes of this thing. And we're in a three hour movie. Um, mm-hmm. That was pretty, that was pretty shocking. So, you know, I thought, I thought I knew where this thing was going to go. Um, but really, the end. Well, let me, yeah, Brian. Yeah, what ahead. was the what was the moment that you kind of felt like? Oh, I don't. They're subverting my expectations here. Right. This is what the, I was going to say, Shane. Is that is the whole feeling I got was this this film is a perfect example of how to subvert expectations without pissing people off or yeah. pissing the fan base well, off. Let me, because again, just for the listeners, we are in spoiler territory yeah. here. So please, please don't listen if you haven't seen the film. Uh, the moment that really threw me was in the first like 15 minutes, they kill Thanos and they behead him. And I thought, oh my God, like maybe they're, yeah, maybe this yeah. movie isn't even about Thanos. Yes, like maybe exactly. it's about a, exactly. there's a different villain yeah. or whatever. That was the moment, for, at least for me, Kent, that yes. I was like, oh man, maybe this is not even close to what I was thinking about. Right. What are they going to do here? So that was the moment that really kind of threw me for a little bit. I was like, whoa. Same for me. That was, It's a, in hindsight, that's not that huge of a surprise, right? When you've seen the whole thing and kind of have, it's unfolded. But in the moment, I was like, Holy cow, that's huge. And then they back that up immediately with five years later. And at that point, you're just like, oh, whoa, that's totally Because I leaned over to Coop. I mean, my kid's sick, so it's not like he's – I mean, he's a smart kid. He ca- he follows this. He catches on to what's going. But, you know, you, you never know in a movie. Like, so I kind of leaned over to him. I was like, hey, just – you know, Thanos, Thanos might not be dead, dude. Like, just that might be a trick. Like, something may be up because you just, you're, you've seen so many of these movies at this point that you just have, like, my immediate instinct anyway is like, it's a fake Thanos or it's a, or, you know, so, there are options on the table for what just happened here. And then they pretty quickly go to five years later and you're like, okay, all right, this really is a, a real change or real shift from yeah. the expectation of, of what I think we all pre- – I didn't expect that going in. I don't think about those things beforehand. I'm, I've said before, same with like when we do like our Star Wars trailer breakdowns, I'm always pretty upfront about I try not – I purposefully try not to overthink what the movie is going to be like going in because I don't want my expectation to change or to you know tint what the actual movie is. So it's the same with these, but that was not – that wasn't in my in the cards for me. I thought the movie was going to kind of start v- much like it did, pretty much right after Infinity War, and that we were going to stay in that range. You know, I would assume yeah. I probably would have assumed if you would have uh, asked me going in, like, "Hey, we're, <laughs> what what do you think the uh, what do you think the timeline is from the end of uh, of uh, excuse me of Infinity War to the end of Endgame?" And I'd have been like a month, maybe like two months. Like it's it's gonna it's right afterwards. It's gonna just stay right in that that range, and that was supremely wrong. You know? Yeah, it, it was really cool to see the aftermath of the vanishing. Uh, I love the shots. Uh, is again in the trailer. 
of you know all the boats stacked up around the Statue of Liberty. Um, it, it's amazing, and we talked about our expectations going into this, and you know if with the vanishing from Infinity War and how that ends, and how half the MCU is wiped out with the vanishing, and it's like okay, well you can't wipe them out for every reason that we've laid out. You know the movies to come, uh, you know this movie, etc. Um, so how are they going to undo this? Well, mm-hmm. you know, the time stone is involved, so you you know they're going to undo it, but I thought, well, the Infinity Stones have to be involved somehow in order to undo this. And so, you know, right at the beginning when Thanos is like, I destroyed them, they're gone. You can't undo it. I was like, well, I guess they can't undo with the time stone. <laughs> Everything, every possibility, like, well, they could take the reality stone, you know, all those things were off the table. <laughs> And so um, that's the burden of my expectations, but didn't anger me on what I expected. You know, it, it, it definitely made me question how they were going to get themselves out of this situation. And, you know, a lot of complaints about the MCU is well, certain characters are just there to make money or they're not really necessary to the plot. And I've been a vocal person on the show saying this, is that Ant-Man is a kind of a oh, we can bring this in because we like Paul Rudd and this is fun and we can add, you know, we can, it can be big and small and talk to ants and all this stuff. And Marvel is telling us the whole time, it's like, trust, trust us, this guy's going to have a place in the MCU. He's going to matter, you know, to the big scale of what's going on. And I never saw it until this, until the, the, uh, really? Quantum. I, I knew once they did the quantum thing in the, what was it the wasp or the first one where they hinted oh yeah i I knew the quantum realm would come in but i didn't realize that that would be how they got that try and travel was a was an element of that and that's that was where you know he brings in tony stark and he's like i think that we could do something with time travel with this and that crossover i did not i did not uh envision i thought there would be something that somebody gets stuck at the end in the quantum realm right. again, you know, or that's another place that we can explore later. But I didn't think that that would be the way to defeat Thanos, if that makes sense. Um, th- so that, that was cool. And that meant something. It's like, wow, now Ant-Man and all those movies mean something, to this entire Captain America arc, which it never really did other than like, Hey cap, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm at the airport and we're going to have a battle, you know? Um, right. That that really made sense to me. Um, finally, um, I lo- I liked the uh, the only complaint I had about that was like, okay, he's he's stuck in the freaking quantum realm, and he'll never come out. And then an effing rat steps on the button, and that's how he like, comes out. Like <laughs> that was kind of like I say, inevitable. That fate. rat, that rat is really of all the heroes. Yeah. Of it's Rocket's Marvel. cousin, yeah. That rat is the most heroic. Like, yes. that single act, if you think about it, is more important right. than really right. anything yeah. that happened in the 20 mo- movies. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Second most heroic rodent creature in this movie, yeah. Yeah, interesting <laughs> Hollywood show bit. Uh, that's the same rat from the last scene of The Departed. So, wow. you know, he's, he he's doing quite well for himself. Yeah, he does yeah of course. <laughs> Let's ask our friend... Uh, Colin. Colin. Yeah, yeah, about the... Uh, if that was one of his rats... Because he's an actual rat handler on movies. That's funny. Okay. Does he know Crispin Glover? That's the real question. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> he's not handled him before. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Another 
complaint, I guess something that didn't really work for me was let's just make the Hulk Mark Ruffalo. I didn't like the, <laughs> Professor Hulk is, well, I guess, the correct term, the comic term of that. It didn't really work for me. I, I can see why it would. I prefer my Hulk to be Hulky and pissed off, but um, yeah, that's that's. I don't like the direct. I guess I don't. If if you had told me this is where they were going to go with it at Avengers, uh, one twenty twelve, uh, I wouldn't have liked the trajectory of, mm. of Hulk. Um, that was one of the things I was most excited about leaving Avengers twenty twelve was where's Hulk going to go, and now it's one of the things I'm most depressed about is I don't really <laughs> care at all anymore about that. Um, yeah, I think that character is a little washed, and but it was a. I thought it was a funny bit, and I. Frankly, I'd prefer what they did versus uh, I was kind of tired of the back and forth. I don't know. I kind of hate myself or no, I'm embracing the anger. I just don't like how they made him look like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, it was an odd. Now it's like they're going to just do it slowly every movie until eventually he's just Mark Ruffalo, (laughs) a giant green one. Um, I thought it was funny in the the diner. Like I, I liked how they used him. I just don't care much for that character going forward the way i thought i would you know i thought by this point that they they would have spun him off into his own thing and he would be one of the more popular i mean i've seen statistics that they're like everything marvel does like if they put hulk in it like the approval rating goes like up 50 percent or something crazy like that like trailers and stuff that they've tested like people love the hulk but i just it's just such such a hard character to nail down Perfectly. I was hoping he was going to do he a spotlight monologue. Uh, they knew. <laughs> yeah. As um, in giant green form, I thought that would have been cool. Turns out turns out the Hulk was uh, Thanos the entire time. Uh, he was working. <laughs> he was Hail Hydra, and that's an Alley See Me reference. Um, we, yeah, so, I mean, he means something to this movie, the what he does with the Infinity Gauntlet and everything, and, and yeah. the radiation, the gamma radiation, again... These are these are seeds that were planted a uh, long time ago with these characters that mean something and that actually are payoffs that that work yep. in Absolutely. these movies. You know, like oh, the, uh, his actual skill set as a person and what he brings to the table actually can help move the plot forward. And you know, um, that's what I like. like. Everybody has a role in this, and it really is a team effort to stop Thanos. It's not just. Captain Marvel flies in kind of at the end, you know, with the ship thing, but it's, it's not a Lord of the Rings. Oh, here are the Eagles. Let's fly away. And everybody's good. You know, um, kind of thing. Like they, they really can't do this without all the individual parts working for working like clockwork is in an oceans 11 kind of way, you know, like they lay out the plan, like, okay, here's what we got to do. And if we don't do it this way, we're screwed, you know? Um, and, and I really liked that, how they lay it all out there in the first hour of this thing. Here's what we're going to do. We, we introduce all the characters. We, we, we establish the stakes. The second hour of the film I thought was the most enjoyable, um, certainly the most fun, when they just back to the future to this entire thing and go back into the, all the previous Marvel films. I loved that. I thought that was the most fanservice-y stuff, but never thought I'd see some of those characters again, some of those settings again, um, when they suit up to go back into and back in time 
and Captain America gives that like whatever it takes speech. I was like, yeah. all right, here comes the intermission. Boom, intermission screen. Um, and that's probably where it would have been had they had an intermission. Um, and it would have been perfect. But right, you know, the next scene, it says 2012 New York. Uh, it starts with that. I think the pacing to go straight from there to that was too irresistible to pass up for Marvel to keep the pacing, to keep the movie going um, and not not uh, have that jarring transition. So I wasn't, I was all for an intermission going into this, but I can see why they wouldn't uh, do that because between act one and act two, it's really smooth and the energy, they, they keep it up, you know, cause that's really an hour two is where you can start checking the watch. But, um, sure. But man, I really, really enjoyed that. How did you guys feel about that? I thought some of the logistics involved in, you know, multiple Captain Americas in a scene, like him wrestling himself and stuff. Like, I don't know how they, it's mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of, uh, face replacement technology and things like that at state, uh, you know, at work there. But, um, that was, that was, that was great. I loved that. Um, yeah. like I said, fan servicey, but it worked for me. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I'm same. I thought they were, uh, there's a little, there's certainly some mcguffin aspects to it. And, but they did a re- they did a very good job up front of stating how I, I'm, this is my big thing with any of this kind of, uh, movie or plot point in a movie is just establish your rules and stick to your rules. We all know that, that, that none of this is real because it's a movie about a guy who's a big green dude and a rock, a, a raccoon that can talk and stuff like that. So like we all understand and we accept that, that not all of it's real and that we have uh, movie dust sprinkled into it, but just give us your rules and then follow the rules. And I thought they did a, an excellent job of that. And that started with the whole, I mean, Ant-Man explaining it, Tony Stark figuring it out, and then having, I think it's, I think it's Hulk mostly that delivers the whole, like, well, it doesn't look, it doesn't work like it works in movies. It's, it's, you know, and kind of gives you a point by point. Here's how, uh, here's how time travel works in our universe. And we're just going to stick to that. And, and Hey, they, I, I love that. I think that's a genius way to do things. And, um, I always appreciate when, uh, you can kind of simplify it in, in the terms of here are the rules and we're just going to go with those. Uh, and then all the flashbacks were fun. It was a little, I logic leap for me. The only point really that I, that I found myself like, uh, like making myself stay involved, you know, or like check my brain kind of trying to check out was the, I guess the second time travel where they're like, okay, well now, and we didn't we uh they, we lost the tesseract so now we're going to jump to 1970 and hope that this works out and that whole scene was really great and it was it was a blast to say how dare you Roger Stern. I know no I look I mean I'll never <laughs> would never say anything uh negative about uh about Mr. Sterling that's a great sequence and and seeing those two together and getting uh Steve and and uh and Peggy and stuff that like those are all all great moments but that was the only time where i was like okay if you're gonna just do this then why don't you just jump to like 2016 and go to michael douglas and be like hey dude we need a lot of serum so we can make this happen you know and there's ways in which i'm sure somebody will well but then they did but the point is if you're if you're right douglas has got serum bro (laughs) (laughs) if you're uh 
if you're in for the ride, if you're along for the ride and you find yourself like trying to, to your brain is like trying to turn on and check out on that sort of stuff, then it could probably be, I, I don't know, but, but it served a point once a purpose, once they got there, it just, in the moment I was like, okay, if we're going to do this and that kind of messes with the logic of this whole thing, but I, I don't yeah. know, I think they saved it pretty well and, and moved us right along to, uh, to the next part. I don't know. Arby, yeah. Arby, what'd you think on? on the uh, jump backs and, and working their way through the Avengers universe, I guess. Yeah, I'll talk about this briefly because I've got to lay out. I need like 15, 20 minutes to talk about Fat Thor. So if we can just <laughs> move through this quickly. Um, fat shaming whor- uh, Thor? <laughs> yes, <whore>. Kent. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the time traveling worked fine for me. It's, again, you know, this, these are things where I... I I have, I think, a. Uh, am more detached from these things than, than a lot of people, and, and sometimes that's good when you're watching them, sometimes they're bad. Uh, that's bad, but it's good when I'm just, I can, it would be impossible for me to be offended by. The only thing that bothered me time travel-wise when we get to later spoilers, um, you know, questionable when Peter Parker goes back to high school, you know, like that other fat guy, was he disappeared? Why are they the same age? You know, why is he the same age still in the high school? And like, is it cool if he still dates and die? Because he is five years older now. I mean, it might be a statutory type situation. Age. I think the people that. Uh... <laughs> All right. Are you? Do you want it? Hello. Do I'm you here. want? Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if you were asking or if you were. No, I'm just uh... saying. Like, he's technically like 24 now, so it's creepy that he's back in high school. Oh, oh, I guess what you're saying. I guess what you're saying. No, I thought the people that got snapped, like, it was only, like, a couple days or something. No, for sure. But when he comes back, that fat friend of his is also the same age. So we assume he got disappeared. But how do you handle that in high school, dating-wise? Kind of weird. Maybe the other people are older now. Yeah, that's true. We're going to have to... I had that, that same out thought. Homecoming. You know, right. you know what's interesting though is that we all kind of have different opinions about the, the the time travel stuff going back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because again, my the only scenes that really kind of dragged for me when we're going back through the Marvel Cinematic Universe was the stuff uh, with uh, Hawkeye and Natasha back on uh, Vormir, and then also the stuff with uh, Don Cheadle and Nebula when they were on Morag trying to get the whatever one of the stones uh-huh. those were the scenes that i was like "Ugh, we've kind of done this already let's just get through it especially the mm. stuff with natasha and clint it was like that was such a big kind of emotional moment in infinity war the whole back and forth of it's going to be you it's going to be me it's going to be you it's going to be me with yeah. natasha and clint that just that felt too much that was the one yeah. scene that i was like oh my god let's get this over this is going to really? be one of you just yeah. do it that was the that was the one scene that i kept thinking Ooh, let's get this over That's, with this fast. That, that the was the way. exact scenario that I expected with Nebula in this movie um, was for her to find a way to go back to and do that. I love, I love that um, callback and that that dilemma. Um, and I thought I did it was not a cool... expect it with those two characters. Well, but I'm not, but I'm not talking it. about that. I'm talking about just more with Don out. Cheadle. Well, just Don Cheadle and her. But there was like three or four scenes of them trying to get the Power Stone, or oh, I yeah, think yeah. it was the Power Stone. It was yeah. like let's just we we all saw Peter Quill get this. Let's speed this thing along and just move. You know, can we? It was can those we get War two. Machine out of these. Like honestly, I 
I, I, don't, yeah, I can't he, he do it. He doesn't serve a purpose. He does I'm not serve you. a purpose in the movies other than He's like the being star Tony's of the biggest bud. comedy on television. So, <laughs> yeah, comedic, comedic genius. Um, and I love Don like, Cheadle. I just, yeah, that, that, I love Don uh, Cheadle too. But. It's not a great. It's not a great character. We're and team maybe, Terrence Howard. Yes. You're a big Terrence Howard. No mistake. Guy. I like everybody involved in those scenes. It was just that no, those I, were the scenes yeah. that I was like, oh, let's go. I'm, let's I'm go. with you. I, I had a friend today text me and say, uh, like, he's, I'm going to see it tonight. <laughs> when when do I take a bathroom break? Like, I can't I can't make it all the way through. When I was like, just take an empty cup, bro. But um, fill your own jar. But <laughs> yeah. the How dare uh, a, a piss jar. Uh, yeah, we bring them around our necks when we go <laughs> right. see DC. Yeah, movies. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but that, that's what I told him. I was like, uh, when uh, I, I didn't want to give him any spoilers, but I was like, look, there's a portion in which Nebula and War Machine are pretty much the only characters on screen. You can probably go during that. That's you're not really going to be missing anything and i'm with you shane like i thought the whole sequence of hawkeye and uh black widow of who's gonna go that was a cool sequence it was like too too many no it's gonna be me's you know i was like we we could have i'm going no i'm going and then you know she jumps you know what i mean like i don't need seven right of those and i, I was with you there it was a little little dragging it's in movies it's the rule of three and we did about six before, you know, right. it was finally her and she died. So it was like, let's let's cut this down to three. That's how it works. And let's right. kind of move on. That was the, kind of the one scene that, again, now having seen the twice that I was like, ugh, let's go. Let's yeah. move this thing faster yeah. a little bit. Yeah. In my world, it's when the preacher has a six-point sermon instead of a three-point sermon. You're just like, bro, let's <laughs> Can't go. do it. Yeah. Got to, we got to get the Golden Corral. Got to, got to get to that noon buffet. <laughs> got to get to Golden Corral. Exactly. Got to get to yeah, first. That chocolate fountain ain't going to drink itself. <laughs> yeah, and platter, you know? Right, right. All right. Uh, right. Some other Ryan's. things. Just some other things uh, from a little bit earlier. I know we're, we're further along uh, in the movie now, but some things earlier that I didn't, uh, didn't mention. Um, I loved that Steve Rogers, like five years later, is like a VA therapist guy or like a just a yeah you know yeah, a, it's cool an emotional support therapist. I think that's that was a really uh, cool note. Um, I loved and the- also just for the fans that are not uh, super into you know uh, filmmaking or whatever, the guy that he's coaching that that has the whole story mm-hmm. about I went on a date and I cried during the South. That's one of the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah. in the movie. So just yeah, if, you, he, if you don't know that, that's one of the directors of the film. The um, sequence after Ant-Man gets, you know, uh, ratted out of the quantum realm and he runs <laughs> around uh, that memorial, like the like the yeah. Vietnam memorial and looking for his name. I thought that was really yeah. a good moment. And then he it, runs back to his daughter and sees his daughter and all that. Yeah. I thought that worked. That was great. Oof. Um, Oof. A little dusty. And then, and then they, they set up the stakes for what they're going to do. I, I love that they actually call it time heist because that was probably like in the, you know, development process, screenplay process. It's like, okay, what do we do about this time heist scene? It's like, well, we, you know, let's just be really upfront about it. They talk about, multiple movies references uh you know quantum leap and back to the future and they mention all these different scenarios they're like wait that's not how it works in these movies and it's like right. it doesn't matter yeah. and they lay that out there and say it's perfect okay you might yeah. know in other movies that's how it works but here right. it's different and you've just got to accept it i love yep. that meta piece mm-hmm. of uh of establishing the logic yep. establish um, your rules and follow them that's that i mean that's 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 all you got to do in that situation you know uh, exactly. Um, like I said, I liked the um, Scott Lang jumping from yeah, from kid 
to current self to old man when he's going back and forth uh, through the quantum realm when they're testing it out. Um, that establishes that you can be a different age, uh, and that comes to fruition later, of course. But um, let's talk about Fat Thor a little bit. For the rest um, of the episode. Yeah, the movie should have just been called <laughs> Fat Thor. Lebowski yeah. Thor. My yeah, favorite exactly. Thor. Gonna be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. Same. Makes um, it more human. More more attainable, if you will. I yep, think still would. <laughs> <laughs> probably midway through shooting Thor, their first one, they're like, Okay, this guy's a Gosh. comedian. He's not a yes. an action star. And so he's essentially the comic relief through everything except Thor the Dark World, which if we have to return to any of the movies, why did we have to yeah. return to the dark? I don't know. Um, but what, an, what an MVP Chris Hemsworth is in the sense that yes. he can literally effortlessly kind of balance between these like really heady emotional moments that land and then this kind of broad comedy that's zany and funny. And he can kind of walk that line effortlessly. I, I would put him as the MVP of the movie if over everybody yeah. else because he's just Same. that good. Yeah, this is a this is a Richard thing. Uh, Brian and Richard maybe, but mostly Richard established this. That's that uh, when you you focus in on for me like the first Thor, but really even in Star Trek when he's when he shows up as Kirk's dad for like three minutes, I was just like that guy's a movie star and that's what a movie star can do is that kind of stuff. He's also just a very literally talented actor, but eats gosh. the screen. Yeah. The he screen. Just, we'll see. You, you Men can't. in black. If, yeah. if Men in black Let's flops, we'll know he's not a movie star. No, no he's, a I think star. he still Thor, is Thor Ragnarok. He, even if, I mean, and we know he's yeah. good. We know he's a movie star as Thor. I just want to see him in literally anything else. Uh, yeah. Be a movie I mean, star. He's, he, you haven't seen rush because I've seen only- answer the call and he was, no, I know. He, but but he I mean that's a movie star role. He was in Rush. He was in. He was pretty good in Rush. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Hand, was, hands raised. Who saw Michael Mann's black hat? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean he's been in a lot of bad movies, and that's partially on him and what, Asian, well, and bad what luck was he, and stuff. Uh, Red Dawn. And he uh, did in the Heart uh, of the Sea. In the Heart of the Sea, which like is one of those bad movies you forgive because it's like everyone takes that movie. That was a huge mm-hmm. book, and it's Ron Howard, and like you do that, and then it wasn't good. That's not on him. But that dude, I mean. Anytime you're the thing, you know, when you talk about like a classic, and I don't mean like this guy is, I just mean he has the skill set. It may not ever happen for him in terms of the right property or whatever. Right. I mean, it has with Thor, but I mean, a second property or whatever. But that dude sits next to Robert Downey Jr., arguably the most charismatic actor of his era, and just is toe to toe with him. Just doesn't even, you know what I mean? And when he goes with Chris Evans, who's a perfectly, um, great leading man you know really good as captain america good actor a really handsome whatever uh interesting person in his own right hemsworth just eats him it's just Mm -hmm. he literally eats the screen when he's on it and a lot of that is his humor i mean he just is very those jokes like i was talking with shane about this too a little bit after the movie none i mean he has some great jokes in it but a lot of them are just like six out of tens and they're 10 out of tens because of his delivery i mean it's just part of it's the accent and all that but like he just the, a lot of those jokes aren't even like killers, but they kill in the theater just because of, and that's that's well, where his skills are unreal. The the scene at the very end of the film where he's talking to Peter Quill as they get back on his ship, that scene on paper isn't funny. The dialogue isn't funny, but that scene is hysterically yeah, funny. It almost feels like it was an improv. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. But Richard, you want to talk about Second Property. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. He is starring in, uh, or he's apparently coming back in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. So, <laughs> oh. you know, who, who knows? Oh, thank now God. I'm out. Now I'm out. Never this mind. could be a second win for <laughs> him. So <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a funny note. It reminded me of Trevor, uh, you know, in a way. Yeah. But I I'm still team they, Trevor. I thought they took the, the bro thing, like, eight percent too far like the fourth time he was like where's the beer i was like okay we get it uh this is an aquaman you know like we we uh we don't have to be an alcoholic raging um but yeah i it? liked it but like i i think they probably took it eight percent further than they could have or should have um and it would have been just perfect for me but like I the said, rock guy played only? fortnite was incredible it's, though yeah. <laughs> like uh, new, yeah, new master to... 69 or yeah. whatever was that against? <laughs> so funny oh, yeah that's that's your screen name richard right is new master 69 that's you. but that was 69 is there anything is there anything that's gonna um maybe make this feel dated other than that you know other than fortnite sure. be like well sure. fortnite was really big in 2019 guys it was a thing uh you know uh, they're playing yeah, Minecraft, I'll tell you what, Ken. The, the the only other joke that felt super dated, like immediately, was when Hulk dabbed. Yeah, that was the only joke. Really? Like, oh, I don't. God. I don't. I didn't catch that. I forgot about. Yeah, that. when the when the kids took the selfie and then oh, as they I were leaving, he dabbed, and I was like, oh my god, that's not going to hold up a month <laughs> from now. That's yeah. a cringe. Yeah. It was dabbing was really big two years ago when they were filming this. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but the CGI takes I mean. forever. All the memes that they try to cram <laughs> into these movies are. Wasn't there a what are those joke in like, that was great Black though? Panther. That was a great joke. Yeah, yeah. that was. Big, oh, that was a. I can't. No more memes in movies, guys. Uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, well, it's, same. it's for the culture, Richard. Kent. Yeah, uh, um, it's for the culture, which is in itself a meme. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. They did take place during these times, so they are. You know, they can make a Lebowski joke or sure. you know whatever. I mean, a lot of stuff's going to be dated on Isn't these. It 2023 so. though in this. Yeah, but Fortnite isn't going anywhere for several years. I mean, it's like the only thing competing with Netflix in terms of eyes. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be like a two-month fad. I think that is a platform through which things will be launched, which is something I don't completely understand because I'm a, I'm a V old. But, you know, these movies never forget. They're made for 14-year-olds, and we get to right. enjoy them because they're good. But we, they are not made for us whatsoever. Sure. So let yeah. them go with what they want. Agree. Um, the Hawkeye thing, um, Samurai Hawkeye, Ronin, mm-hmm. um, could have worked a lot better, but they, yeah, I thought it was going to be Deadpool. I was kind of excited for a second. I was like, <laughs> oh man. No, that would have been great. What that a surprise. Yeah. Um, a lot of pointer sequences, a lot of file scenes in this. Chock full. You have to have that in this. Though. Overshirts? Were there overshirts? I didn't. No, notice. there was not. No, I oh. literally looked in Mad at Sally. <laughs> no zero overshirts. I was like, oh, they're gonna overshirt like Hulk. Like he's gonna be a giant <laughs> guy in an overshirt. He literally he made a point to rip his shirt off in the movie. Yeah. He uh, hairy chested Hulk too. I'm not what. What are they doing, guys? What are, they're going, <laughs> the stuff that breaks your brain cracks me up, dude. I just don't see like things. The things that like, oh, we gotta, we gotta make him look, look more like Mark Ruffalo. I mean, that's in Mark Ruffalo's contract. That's what that is. It's, it's part of it. The ladies love the Ruffalo. <laughs> the moms of the, the smashed yeah. face, like they do. But he weirdly. pulls that guy. <laughs> 
Like, He's in uh, the eye, um, man. Come on. A couple of things about <laughs> Thanos I want to discuss. Um, so Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet, or most of the stones in the Infinity Gauntlet in Infinity War, and still can barely survives an attack of Spider-Man and like a couple other guys. Remember, they're trying to rip off the Infinity Gauntlet. In this, he doesn't even have the Affinity Gauntlet. He's been on this planet for however long it's been. He gets ambushed by the three most powerful Avengers, um, four when you count Captain uh, Marvel, uh, and um, he still can survive without the Infinity Stones. He's still just a big, strong guy. Um, to me, that's what I thought made Thanos powerful. Um, but you know, to rebut that, a um, Tony Stark is like basically in a wheelchair. Uh, Thor is fat <laughs> Thor, and Captain America is re- been retired essentially. So it evens out from that perspective. But it just felt kind of weird for it to be an even fight yeah. between a Thanos who has one arm and the three biggest of it. Well, he's not and, fat but, Thor yet. He's still skinny Thor then because it's before really? the five years. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's before the five years. Cause the, what killing Thanos is what gives, puts him in his depression and then makes him go become fat I, Thor. I think he means at the end of end game, like in that battle. Scene. Oh, I thought, I thought you meant the, yeah. I mean the end of end game. I'm oh, I thought, you, yeah. movie. I thought you meant in the no, beginning, I'm talking about beginning of end. I thought you meant the beginning of end game when they kill Thanos. No, 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 no. When Thor okay. like chops his head off and everything. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Okay, because um, still- that's another funny. Like I went for the head this time, because <laughs> yeah. uh, he yeah. that was that was a callback to good line. Uh, Infinity Infinity War. Um, but at that moment when those three like go to face off against Thanos, I was like, okay, here's where they're they're gonna die. All these three guys are gonna die. <laughs> you know, like they set it up to where the three, you know, uh, legacy characters or, or cornerstone tentpole characters have gone all at the same time to face off against Thanos. I was like, this is the end for them. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Um, that's not really what happened, though. Again, subverting expectations. Um, it's not what happened. That's not how it happened. That's not how it, that's how it came out. Um, so I like that. Um, Callback to Gladiator, maybe. Retiring to a farm and his hand going through the crops and all that uh, with Thanos, perhaps. Also, yep. let's talk a little bit or a lot about the, the final hour of this thing. And did it feel too um, Marvel third acty to you guys, or was it? Did it surprise you how cohesive it was? Yeah, both, both. Yeah, same. Go, go, Arby. You go. You go. No, no, no. I mean, I was just saying it was great. I really enjoyed it. I thought you know, music swells hit the, the revealing of all the Avengers, getting to see them, and sort of this you know almost like Renaissance painting of of everything across, as Shane put it. Uh, but you know, always when Gwyneth shows up in an Iron Man suit, you know, my pet peeve always is just like, why are there so many Iron Man suits? Always the end mm-hmm. of these movies tend to just be, let's throw a ton of things that look like Iron Man suits because we have, I don't know if it's like a template they have in their CGI <laughs> and it's just easy to fill the screen sure. with it. Sure. Um, but yeah, it got a little Iron Man suity, but, uh, and that was a goop suit. Which was cool. He was totally <laughs> biodegradable. Her suit, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looked refreshed, right? She was on the Super cutting edge of science technology with all that. <laughs> I with the goop suit. I told Brian this. I didn't tell you this, Shane, but I was a little punchy towards the end of uh, our screening. And uh, you know, it's like literally, it was two a.m. in the last few minutes, and and when 
we'll get to the big big thing, but where Gwyneth is distressed and and uh, saying goodbye to a certain someone who's injured, uh, it was like I was I wanted so badly to be like, "There's a goop enema that'll cure you. It helps with <laughs> Infinity Stone." That's funny. But, yeah, but no, I, I'm with you, Arby. I thought it was it was a little bit of both. It was a little too uh mass cgi and just like kind of a a bit a bit much on the eyeballs but it was one of the things that these movies we've touched on it over the the course of talking about all these movies and shane you you hit it at the beginning of this episode just one of the things this movie these movies get right is the um the emotions and the development of the characters not just the superhero personas right and so you get down to the end there uh that battle sequence with the three kind of prime avengers having just been pulverized into the ground with with missiles and stuff against thanos is a really cool great scene it gives uh all of them their opportunity to uh it gives all of them their opportunity to to show what they're capable of but also i think show can't kind of what you're saying like they're all at the end of this like they are all just beat the heck and so that i think plays into why that and also thanos is also a great supposedly a, a great warrior and stuff but having all of those those people come on screen and starting with on your left which was just such a cool that's a great callback to winter soldier and really packs a, a lot of an emotional punch to it and then you know the doctor strange uh wormholes or whatever opening and all these people pouring out and black Panther, my kid just like literally is pumping both both of his fists and just going crazy when black panther comes on and and then spider-man and all these it's just it's it's really cool and so it it kind of trumps that feeling of yeah there is a lot going on on this screen right now because for me at least because i'm so wrapped up in the emotions of having these characters back and no, and the emotions of these characters having these characters back, you know, like that's a huge, that's a big part of why I think that that sort of stuff works is that cap is emotionally, uh, it's, it's like he's reinvigorated by the fact that, that his buddy is showing up to, to fight with him. And, and for every character that's left there at the end, all of them have somebody coming back to fight with them and it's so it kind of trumps all that what might be a very iron man three sort of ending of like gosh there's a lot of there's a lot going on here with the with the suits and the the cgi and the visuals and stuff and instead you just have i don't know for me it was just kind of yeah it, ha- it sheer joy it had to happen. to happen yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and it was inevitable yeah exactly richard it was inevitable and I, and I think that that is a testament to the success of this franchise which is that you knew that was going to happen and yet the moment it does, you're just, you just you swell with such pride and joy and excitement that you're like, this is awesome. Even though you knew it was coming, it was still like, this is so cool to see it on screen, to see all these characters together again. And it was like, it wasn't the element of surprise that got you. It was just the cool level of, oh, man, look at all of these characters together. Right. And they're finally fighting Thanos, which is what we wanted you know, from the first one, and this is so cool to see it. You right. know, but right. you knew it was coming, but it didn't matter. Yeah, and and Cap saying Avengers Assemble was cool. It's a tiny bit cheesy, but it was. It also kind of that got a, an actual applause out of my my audience. Everybody was up for that and excited about 
that whole sequence and it just kind of set that it set that whole battle scene on on the right axis i guess of just like all right here we go this is this is what you've been waiting for here it is you know the only if- scene in my screening that got an applause was the return of T'Challa and uh, everybody and the Black Panther crew coming back that was that was the most excitement in my um, in my screening but uh, there was a lot of sadness and we got to talk about that at some point but the, the final sequence was you know reminded me of something like Ready Player One from last year where it's like we got to cram all these characters into here and all these references um, and it's purely fan servicey and just a payoff to what we built up to this point. But um, I love that. I loved yeah. all the different yeah. realms of the MCU coming together. And like I said, all their skill sets mattering. You know, the fact that Doctor Strange, we haven't seen him, but he's the one who can bring all these people here, you know, because of his skills. And then they had that epic shot of all the female heroes together, you know, in one uh um, hero shot and Shane booed that in our screening, which I thought was <laughs> in poor taste. Dude. Yeah, he too walked harsh, out. Man, yeah, that harsh. was like two big thumbs I, down and an, like a loud boo. <laughs> boo. I will say the one thing that I feel like the moment, I, the, having seen it twice now, my favorite moment of the film, and I feel like the moment that was designed to get the biggest reaction out of anything else in the film was I loved, love, love the moment where Captain America finally wields Thor's hammer. Dude, that was so awesome. Gosh. That's like a... And again, oof. that's that's what I was talking about, where Richard and I saw the movie together. It was like silence in the, in the movie theater. And I felt like, are you people kidding me? And then yeah. when I saw it again today with my wife, it was like, a, like the audience erupted. And it was like, that's what I wanted yeah. from that, that moment. That was my favorite moment of the movie. Same here. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Thor, he literally says, I, I knew it. And yeah. it was like, yes, that's yeah. what I wanted from that moment. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, that's like, that's one of those you only get if you're lucky you you get one of those a movie in this kind of movie you know what i mean and that one feels like it's been building for you know for eight you five i don't i can't remember when ultron came out 14 i don't know it just feels like that one's been building for a while and to have cap have um because you remember like event when avengers came out in 2012 it did kind of feel like man iron man hulk and thor are really wrecking shop and these other three are just kind of like hey guys let's shoot some arrows and i'll tell you where to go and all this it just it they felt out of place and to cap has built since then as a character he's built as a leader he's built as a a person that we're excited about having on screen i think and then to have him get that moment where it's just like okay now now it's my time to just go ham on somebody that's that was that was awesome that was an awesome moment that was good that was really good um i i love the the uh here's a question i don't know if shane you know this um in regards to the infinity gauntlet itself so you can just build another gauntlet out of iron man stuff and like why didn't they just get the infinity stones earlier and just make a gauntlet and I don't know that I thought there was one infinity gauntlet and that was it. And when they go and chop it off, um, that that was the end of that. I didn't know that, that you could forge another infinity gauntlet, um, and make your own. So that was, that was a little weird for me, but, um, I liked where they do it. And then rocker raccoon's like, boo. And he just, like, out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, I like rocket in this. 
semi complete. That was that was a, a small little bit that I felt was missing from this movie is that Rocket has in in two or three other films made jokes about getting people's limbs or body yeah, parts. Uh-huh. I felt yeah. like when Thanos' arm got like you know cut off, it would have been a nice little joke about like mm, I'm gonna get back? that arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anybody, anybody got that call? And I'm gonna get that arm if I you know that was that was just a little missed moment. Yeah. Uh, something actually that happened earlier too is you mentioned John Slattery. Uh, I like, I really liked that. That was a slow, um, scene, but I talked about full circle. I thought that was a great moment with Tony Stark and his father and, and all that. Um, and just the way that they accomplished it, like he's because prose as an MIT scientist and like the way he, has the MIT credentials is because he gave a speech at MIT and <laughs> Iron Man three, like things like that, that I'm just blown away by that. They work that, you know, that payoff is, is amazing. And, um, you know, the fact that Tony Stark is be, kind of becomes his father in, in a cert, to a certain extent and, yeah. and gets that approval and, and something he always, uh, you know, in the back of his mind, wondered about, and for that to to end, and they uh, leave certainly. it to where almost it's almost as if uh, the dad knew in a weird way. Like mm-hmm. there's enough mm-hmm. glances mm-hmm. where they kind of leave that open, where it's like he knows, he knows that he came back or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was very well done. Um, I love that. Great uh, acting too from RDJ too. That that sequence. Yeah. I mean, he's. I know he's a great actor. We all know he's a great actor. But so much of this uh, universe is just him kind of being Robert Downey Jr. And that was, it's. I don't know. It's fun to see him get these little moments where he gets to be where he gets to be a little more human and stuff. You get to see, gosh, what a rangy, strong, powerful actor he can be. None, none more demonstrated by the moment where he hugs his dad and says, "Thank you." And then quickly follows it up with, uh, you know, for, for, for your, your service, service yeah. to the country, to the country or whatever. That's the range of Robert Downey yeah. Jr. from emotional to funny that fast. Boom. That's so that's so true, man. Um, how did you guys feel about, or in spoilers, triple spoilers again? <laughs> yeah. You're still with us. Um, the, the, the end of, of Tony Stark. That was the one character that I knew was not making it out of this thing. Like I knew there was a hundred percent chance we couldn't, we could not move on past Endgame with Tony Stark in the picture. Um, what, what did yeah. you? How did you guys feel about that? The execution of that and everything. Well, I'll just say because my my thoughts probably the shortest, so I'll go first. You know, great, great writing in with the aforementioned inevitable line. With him saying "I am Iron Man" and then kind of being silent while he dies, that what set this movie, this franchise apart, was that first Iron Man movie. Yeah. You're so used to the trope of superheroes having these secret identities, and at the end of the first Iron mm-hmm. Man movie, when he says, oh, "Screw it, I'm Iron Man. I am Iron yes. Man," mm-hmm. um, and then which which was such a literally stand up in your seat, like, "Oh wow, this is going to be different," and really set mm-hmm. the tone. The tone, and I mean that literally, the tone of of this sort of uh, self-aware, smart, um, story-driven, but also lighthearted and dark and appropriate times uh, universe. That little line really set that tone. Great writing by by the original. Was it Favreau that wrote that script? Or he just directed it. But whomever wrote that, 
or whoever wrote that, great. But anyway, having that be his kind of also his final words of accepting it and saying, and also cocky and encapsulating that character so perfectly in those few words of I am inevitable and I am Iron Man. And that is just like perfect. Great, 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 great writing on that, on that front. Told the story in a few words perfectly. So yeah. I'll let you guys totally agree. Incre- incredibly literary, right? Like that felt like a, a, the, like an epic novel or something. It's just a perfect closer for his character. Yeah. Like I thought coming in, we may, I was prepared for, we're going to get a lot of deaths and kind of close out some of these characters. And as we sort of pass the torch to, uh, black Panther and Spider-Man and Captain Marvel and all that sort of stuff. So I, I was prepared for a few more deaths as we got down the stretch post black widow's death. It was like, okay, this is, this not what it's going to be. It's going to, this is going to end up being somebody makes a sacrifice for, the you know the greater good rather than some bodies you know make that sacrifice i guess and it i'm with you can't it felt it felt inevitable that this was this was iron man swan swan song but as you said richard that's a that's such a a, a perfect really fitting way for him to to go out just the the whole character arc for tony stark slash iron man over however many films he's been in with this like seven or eight or whatever it is that's it was a, yeah. a it's, it's he should have died in the first one. So all this life sure. was really bonus life for him and he made the most sure. of it, which is really a sure. cool story to tell, which is sad that he's dead, but in that way these extra yeah. ten years saved the world. Mm-hmm. Well, and the the interesting thing about his death scene to me was that you know he's he's had three movies now and he's had a couple of other uh, you know, he's been involved in a few other films. And it's interesting that the at least for me personally, the, the interaction that weighed the most was his interaction with Spider-Man. And there was yeah. a really nice kind of back and forth with, you know, or his guilt of he watched a Peter Parker die in Infinity War, and then ultimately Peter Parker watched him die in Endgame. Yeah. That was a really nice back and forth. But it was kind of interesting that out of all of the relationships, whether it's with Pepper Potts or some of the other Avengers that he's worked with, to me, that was the most emotionally weighty moment was where Peter Parker and him are interacting at the very end. Yeah. That was the moment, again, for me, that like I started tearing up. That it was like, oh, man, I didn't realize that this this relationship was so powerful and mm-hmm. so potent mm-hmm. that that's what I cared about more about everybody else who saw him as he passed, you know? Yeah. Did anybody else feel that way? Well, or I'm, I'm just saying, me? yeah, 100%. I, like, I'm, a, I'm a big sucker for that trope in film of the the kind of the father figure sort of thing of the surrogate father or whatever. And that's, I mean, did a very good job of that with homecoming. And then you get an even deeper appreciation of, of that with, uh, with infinity war and to have that come to fruition here was, uh, I mean, it, yes, it, 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 it gutted me. I look, I, again, I, I'm a very easy, I'm a, I like to emote or I, I follow the emotions of the film pretty, pretty well. I'm willing to, yeah, that's why I get angry about like um, you know I always talk about this is us that's like a great example of like that's emotional terrorism because it's all it is doing is trying to make you cry I'm very willing to go along with the emotions of the film like I, I'm I'm aware that I'm being manipulated into feeling something for a person that doesn't exist you know but I'm willing I'm very willing to go along with it as long as you do it well and and in the midst of a you know a good story and whatnot and um, so I all that to say, I, I love that that relationship, and I thought uh, that that has built so 
naturally and and beautifully over the course of the two previous films, and then to have it come in to play uh, at the when when he comes when uh, when Peter Parker shows up, you know, post uh, mm-hmm. post dust or whatever. That's that's an emotional moment and really cool. And you you again is another chance to see Tony Stark in a in a in a more human uh, perspective, and and then to have it close like that, Shane. Yes, that that I mean. And what's I crazy is crying they, openly at that point. They, they didn't even have access to that character until a few years ago. It's crazy yeah. that that's yeah. you know talk about thinking on your feet. You know they did have this grand plan, I think, from mm-hmm. the beginning. But then also these kind of like I said these these layers of different plans where they go, okay, we've got this property now. Okay, we're going to do this with it. You know, thinking yeah. on your feet and working that into this overall narrative you're telling because. Even at Avengers One, they don't think they're going to have Spider Man. So, right, right. you know, it's that kind of crazy. Maybe even Avengers Two ish. Right around there is when they get the right, or they they rent the rights essentially from Fox before mm-hmm. even the mm-hmm. Fox merger and all that. So, yeah, it's crazy on that on that front that they were able to shoehorn such a meaningful relationship yeah. and execute it so well in just a few years, and Absolutely. have that be really the the most important relationship in their most important, at least thus far as character's life, you know, is mm-hmm. something that's added on in the last three chapters. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I didn't expect to get emotional at all. Um, like I said, everything was on the table for me in this movie. So I wasn't going to be surprised at anything, but I, I only started tearing up one time in the movie and it wrecked me when Happy Henderson takes in Tony's daughter <laughs> and 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 basically is going to be the father for her. I that got me, man. I don't know why, but well, that and also was just so perfect. Not to not to make you cry again, Ken, but just in case you didn't remember, uh when she says I want cheeseburgers and he says your yeah. dad liked cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember it? Okay, sorry. I remember sorry. that whole thing with uh with him coming back and getting the Burger King and then the, like the Robert Downey Jr.'s actual life of his Burger King story. I don't know if you've heard that, but that's like a big part of his when he hit rock bottom, like he was eating cheeseburgers or something, uh, like in his real life, you know? Uh, and so uh, that's what I've heard, you know, post just in my research after was that was kind of a callback to that as well. Um, yes, in his, absolutely. Yeah, in his life. But, um, but what I've, some of the, some of the semi research that I've done in terms of the comic side of things is that uh, she could be the next Iron Man, and that there's a version of Iron Man? Forgot her character. Morgan is her name. Yeah. That uh, that uh, there's a female Iron Man at some point. So I don't know if that's where they're going, or they're planting the seed for for uh, you know Happy to be her her dad, and for her to kind of grow up and and be an Avenger. But um, but that that's could that could be where they go. And they kind of have a they they have a reference to it where she puts on the blue Iron Man mask you know at one point and um so right. maybe that's where right. they go as she's the blue iron man um or the uh what is it called the um iron patriot the blue red white and blue um iron man oh, okay yeah the america yeah. one that sounds right yeah in some up. of the current iterations of the comics there's a character named riri williams who becomes uh she calls herself iron heart maybe that's what and I'm she's thinking a, of, yeah 
Well, and she's a genius, but but uh, you know she she's a she's a young black woman, and so there uh, there could be a theory that Shuri, right? So Black Panther's younger sister, uh-huh. she could become yeah. Iron Heart <clears throat> at this point in the comics. I saw the same suggested after Captain Marvel to um, the uh, the the other pilot, her co pilot's daughter that plays oh, could she- could be part of that as well. That just yeah, floated. Absolutely. I have no, you know, I I don't read the comics. I have no clue. It just I, I remember seeing that floated around post post Captain Marvel a couple months ago. Yeah, I'd seen that too, and and I guess they can go a lot of different directions. Um, let's talk a little bit about the arc of of Steve Rogers, um, Captain America. Uh, we talked about uh, even as far back as Winter Soldier and uh, the introduction of the Falcon that. Um, we thought that the Falcon was going to be Captain America at some point, and that was a long-term plan with this. Um, mm-hmm. We see now that that is indeed the case with a literal handing of the shield moment between the two. Um, and, man, that note hit for me, too, uh, perfectly. I thought the ending, the actual last sequence of the film, which is that, hit every note perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, him going back and them telling... Steve or uh, Bruce Banner slash Professor Hulk telling him, you know, you got to go back and put the Infinity Stones where they got them, where everything's going to be messed up. Okay, I got this. You know, I'll do it. I'll bring the hammer with me. We got this. Um, he goes back. He doesn't come back in time when he said he was supposed to come back when they when they zap him back to current day. But he's actually there, and we see him in the distance sitting on a bench. And at this point, I looked over and thought. Oh, he's small Steve again. Like he's gone back. I thought so before, too for a second. Yeah, yeah, the super soldier serum and said, "I don't want any of this. I want to live my Steve Rogers life." Um, and so for him to be revealed as an old person was uh, was really cool. And I love that note of him going back and living his life and the the Easter egg callback, whatever you want to call it, to you know. Save me one last dance. Um, I've got a date thing from Captain America. Is such a such a great somber moment to end on. Um, in the actual film, I know we got to touch on a little bit on Thor's arc and what what they where they go with that. But I just thought that was that was the perfect note to end on. I felt like and I I called it. I showed Shane. I have written proof. I called that before the uh, two days before I saw it. I was like, he's going to stay back in time. There's going to be time travel, and he's going to stay and be with Peggy. Not that that's a really hard call. But mm-hmm. I'm proud of myself for that. Well, I, I think what uh, the explanation I've actually seen for that is how, like, you know, how does that apply within the logic of the time travel that they've established? You know, the logic they've established is that he travels back in time via the quantum thing. Uh, you know, had the pin particles are the big MacGuffin of this. Like the fact that he goes and like brings pin particles, you know, because that's mm-hmm. what makes him able to time travel. Um, he goes back lives his life with Peggy Carter until she dies and then she dies he uses the other pin particles to fly back to the reality that he left yeah you know and to be in um uh to be to tell everybody about it right or to come back without having lived that part uh um of 
of the story. So I guess that's just how, if you're wondering how could he be back, you know, how could he be gone and then be back? That's just an explanation. Uh, that's what I've seen out there of, of floated around of how that could be possible. Um, given that, and that's kind of how Steve Rogers has existed in the comics for a, a period of time for the last couple of years, he's been an older man and Sam Wilson has been captain America. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, I saw it coming. But the minute he went back into time, I thought, uh, this is probably what they're going to do. Sure. But again, a testament to Marvel. They did it, and I knew it was coming, and it was still such a pleasure to see that interaction and him giving him the shield and everything. It was just, it was a wonderful little piece of, uh, you know, of comics or storytelling. And it was like, oh, this is great. And now I'm looking forward to Captain America 4, and it's going to be, you know, Anthony Mackie is playing Captain America, and it's going to be great. I, I can't wait, you know? Yeah. I, um, I thought it would have been more impactful from a story standpoint had it been Bucky Barnes the winter soldier that relationship was everything to um besides his relationship with peggy carter his his girl that relationship was everything to steve rogers the character and they kind of glance over that uh to a certain extent which is fine but i thought that would have been a more impactful ending had had they kind of come uh they come together and maybe um he was more involved in this in the Steve Rogers side of things. Maybe I don't know. You see him a couple times and there's right. maybe says a couple things, but I just, they're, they, I guess they're trying to force the importance of Anthony Mackey's role in, in where we're going, uh, is more important than Sebastian Stan's role going forward. And that's fine. But, um, it just seemed a little disingenuous to the character of Steve Rogers to not have Bucky Barnes. I mean, really, they do. The only moment they have that's of any importance with them is where Captain America is fighting Captain America, and <laughs> and they have that Martha, Bucky's alive, Bucky's alive moment, you know, and they stop fighting, and that's what they all bond mm-hmm. over. Um, yeah, I just kind of thought that. Uh, well, he's only known this guy since the Winter Soldier, and they're just kind of friends in the Avengers. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a as personal as the other relationships were, but, but I can see him worthy of being Captain America, you know, representing. Yeah. I think that's what the shield's about and, and all that. Um, I've seen, uh, thrown out there. It's like, well, isn't his current like wings more powerful than the shield? Well, what if he's just like, I'm good. I've got, I've got the wings. I mean, I'm good with that. (laughs) You know, you can keep the shield, you know, but again, it's more about what it represents. And, and, and so the big question is, where do they go from here? Um, Thor has retired um, from being king of Asgard. He does not die, however. Cap, Cap and Thor do not die. Um, Thor hands the kingdom of Asgard to Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson. So she'll be uh, the Thor character going forward, even though Thor's still going to be in this. I bet they went to Crimson Hemsworth and like, hey, man. So do you want to keep doing these or what? And he's like, you know what? Look at the other films I've made. Yeah, I want to keep doing that. <laughs> I want to keep doing Thor. Um, and so maybe as Guardians of the Galaxy is yes. uh, is a thing from now on, or Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, it, it actually makes me wonder what the Guardians 3 script is or was, considering James Gunn wrote it right after Volume 2. How does that change now with the events of this? Did he know about the events of this before writing it? Or, or how's that going to change? I don't know, but uh, but yeah. So where do they go from here? Where, where what does the Disney Plus slate look like? We know sure. we have a Black Widow show. 
guess this confirms that that will be uh, or not a Black Widow. We have a Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. I guess this confirms that will be a Black Widow prequel movie. Right. Um, and we have a Scarlet Witch slash Vision show. Oh, really glad God. Vision didn't show up in this at any point because yeah. I'm done. We got to get that out. I'm, I'm um, so beaten by Vision. I'm, be- I'm beaten by that. We've got a Loki show too. And I've heard that uh, this Loki show could be, uh, you know, with this time travel element added, this could be an alternate timeline version yeah. of Loki or a pre. Yeah, that's what you got to assume. Or a pre um, Tesseract version of Loki from, yeah. the, from Avengers 2012. Yeah. And then so, there's a, um, yeah, and they've got a Bucky cap, Sam Wilson cap. Show yeah, that's what I mean. Well. Yeah, a, a Winter Soldier Falcon really show. Cool. I'm, I'm so if he's Falcon in that, that is that fun. gonna is is that show gonna be you know take place between the time of Winter Soldier and Civil I'm War sure or he'll something? Be, or he'll be Captain America. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it right now that that is actually a Captain America show. Yeah. They just didn't yeah. want to call it that exactly. until this movie came out. Exactly. Maybe, hopefully, so that'd be awesome. Um, and so. Where do they go with Avengers? We know that um, there's probably not going to be another Avengers movie until at least 2023. It's the earliest I've heard. Um, they're waiting until Captain, uh, not Captain, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home comes out, and they're supposed to announce the next release slate for the next phase of the MCU. Um, I personally would like for them to cr- try and cross over X-Men and for the next big arc to be Avengers versus X-Men. I think that to bring all those fans, all the X-Men fans into this and for that to be the next thing, I think financially is probably the smartest thing to do um, or bring the Fantastic Four. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I think there's, there's going to be a, another big um, crossover. You know how they did the crossover with Guardians and Avengers? I think there's going to be another mm-hmm. big crossover with, with some of the Fox properties uh, very soon. They're just waiting for this to play itself out a little bit more yeah. and and to do that. I think that's inevitable, but my my dream scenario for, for the next arc of Avengers is A versus X, for sure. What about you guys? Or Galactus, maybe? I've, yeah. I've, that's another yeah. big villain uh, aspect, maybe. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm glad we're taking a break from the Avengers. I mean, if, if they follow if they follow the path that they've kind of set out for themselves now, they'll, they'll spend the next three or four years building towards whatever the next team up is right you get you get a couple you get another spider-man movie in. you get another black panther movie a captain marvel uh an ant-man you know and just kind of and build those as you and whatever they're going to do with with uh captain america and then move into the next team up i'm i'd be thrilled to have x-men i know they've routinely said oh no no no, no x-men's not coming anytime soon but of course that smell that feels like a, a smoke screen or whatever that we'll we'll get we'll get that sooner rather than later but um, yeah, they've they've got plenty to do with the remaining characters, and then I mean, if Thor is just going to be part of the Guardians, like bro, give me give me That's ten of those, awesome. I'm in. I, Thor plus Rocket is my favorite part of yeah. uh, of uh, what whatever Infinity War. Gosh, I love and and he fits that the very like the galactic sort of feeling of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, he fits that that. Uh, tone really really well and so you see you watch Ragonk and it's such an easy transition to me to be like oh he will fit so beautifully with with Guardians that's that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome I I, I hope that's what what Guardians 3 is is we, we get a little we get a lot of Thor in that that's that's a that's a perfect match 
I'm willing to bet that James Gunn knew exactly that Thor was going to be a part of the Guardians uh, yeah, before he was it. fired yeah. and then, you know, and then brought back. So I'm willing to bet that Chris Hemsworth has another really, really funny movie uh, ahead of him with Guardians 3 and he's going to be a part of the Guardians. And yeah, I'm, I think coming out of this movie, I'm more excited about Guardians 3 than any other uh, string of the bunch here because it's because Chris Hemsworth is in it and he's fantastic. So I, I can't wait for Guardians three. Not nearly enough Groot in this. Groot is my favorite Marvel character, <laughs> and I can't believe they can resist putting Groot in everything <laughs> because of the marketability, the, the comic relief, everything. And I realize Dang he was her. one of the. Right. It, it, it would it would be. It's amazing that that character works at all, and um, I just want more Groot. I think they could spin Rocket and Groot off into its own franchise and make a ton of money. But the way they're building- I don't want to ruin anything for the audience here, but I've heard that Groot is going to show up in the final act of Hobbs versus Shaw. Oh, oh I'm <laughs> all excited. Right. We know Ben's involved. So. <laughs> some, it's some, um, so you know what I was thinking? Um, now that they do have the Fox um, rights and everything, and they've had them for... You know, they've known they were going to have them for a year or so. I really thought we were going to get some kind of holy crap Fox moment. Imagine at the end of this, if like Cap is just sitting on the bench and he looks across the pond and like, and like nods or winks at like, and it's just Jackman like over there, you know, or, (laughs) or, uh, you know, um, Logan from Wolverine and they, that would have broken the freaking world if they introduced bringing back Logan into this, not only into the MCU, but bringing the character back and to end it that way and look forward. I think that would have been like the the thing that just completely put this thing over the top. But um, I'm sure that's to come, right? Yeah. I'm sure they're gonna yeah. he's gonna convince him to come back. They got a fifty mil on the table for him to come back. I'm sure, you know. Kent, to your point, I, I would have put money as of a couple of days ago. I would have put money that the post credit scene was a bunch of scientists scurrying and hubbubbing about like a laboratory. And then the last shot was like a skeleton or whatever, or like an x-ray of a of a dude. And then you could clearly see claws coming mm-hmm. out of his hands. I thought for sure that was going to be the post credit sequence, but I was wrong. Yeah. Well, the time will tell. They've said... They're going to keep Deadpool, Deadpool. That's what Kevin Feige has said. So I guess more R-rated Deadpool movies um, coming soon. And um, and like I said, we'll see if they if they reboot the Fantastic Four, if they um, bring a lot more characters. They try to redo Inhumans, if they uh, bring Nova, the Nova Corps along, if the, you know what other characters they can bring into this. Shane, do you know any more Avengers that are kind of the... Um, if you were to put odds on who the next Avengers are to, to be characters, what would we say? Uh, you know, the truth is, honestly, out of the Marvel universe, really, when you want to get into expanding Avengers, you really do have to look into the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I can't, off the top of my head, name any Avengers. Uh, I mean, Nova, as you said, it would be a great addition. And there are, like, a few others here or there. I mean, I would love to see Ghost Rider come back in and I I don't I think Sony owned the rights for that or maybe it was Fox but I'd love to see like a reiteration of Ghost Rider Um, I'd like to see a retcon of Venom let's just kind of skip right past that Tom Hardy movie and 
uh, pretend that didn't exist and see kind of Venom come back into the Avengers. But yeah, if you want to talk about exciting additions to the Avengers, you're looking at the X-Men and you got to start getting into all those characters. So let's see what they're going to do with the recasting of X-Men. And, you know, that I feel like that should be the next logical phase for phase four, phase five, whatever. Uh, let's get those guys into the Avengers and then we'll come up with something big and cool. I need a She-Hulk movie some point yeah absolutely she would be i mean yeah uh, pun intended she would be cool like that would be a, a kind of an interesting uh tidbit there but she hulk and hulk are kind of they're very tied so i feel like in order to do that you're gonna have to spin her out of a hulk movie and i don't necessarily feel like i mean we all kind of talked about it a moment ago i, I feel like marvel isn't really that uh interested in making a hulk movie so i don't know but uh yeah, let's get the let's let's see if we can't get the Fantastic Four in there. That would be a cool kind of surprise for Phase Four, right? That, I mean, that would be awesome. And I I would like um, Spider Gwen to be involved, the female Spider Man. I think that would be that'd be a really cool reveal in uh, the next Spider Man series is to get uh, Spider Gwen. Um, I love that part about Into the Spider Verse, just a different spider verse you know if they if they could cross over into the spider verse with this somehow and they make the oh. spider verse like a real thing in the MCU i think that would be really cool too if they could if you imagine like, like a like a 3 foot tall spider ham yeah fighting Mulaney, next voice to by Mulaney, yeah like a real <laughs> yeah exactly that would be awesome now i'm thinking about it oh man that's what i want now for phase 4 just get those people back into the movie and that's i'll, I'll be happy exactly exactly do we um think that any of the marvel characters established in the netflix series will will come to the big screen or is that exclusively you know the punisher the daredevil um not in Jessica their current Jones. not in their current forms at least maybe those characters do but i don't think yeah. i don't think any of them i don't think they feel like that was a success honestly not compared to not compared to everything else they've done and not compared to what they expect from the Disney Plus shows, I think. I mean, Jessica Jones is pretty cool. Maybe maybe her, but... I mean, Daredevil himself... Daredevil was relatively successful. That's very replaceable. Punisher's very... I mean, it's... Those characters might show up at some point, but, but I don't see them bringing yeah. those, those uh, actors and those iterations back, personally. But. I, um... A couple more notes. I agree with Brian there. A couple more notes on, uh, on just the ending of this. Uh, the funeral sequence with with Stark, I thought was perfect. Great. You know, putting Great off scene. the proof Tony Stark has a heart thing, and and you know, good night, sweet prince uh, type scene, and the and the camera sh- shot of all the characters in black, you know, and just kind of panning through them. I thought that was a, a great moment. Um, and and, for, and for all and the for listeners, end on Nick Fury was was awesome too. Mm-hmm. For all the listeners there, because I had to look it up uh, after the movie as well, the the camera kind of lingers on a young man towards the end of the shot. He's like, he's about 13, 14. That is the the kid from Iron Man 3. Which is cool. I didn't, you know, I didn't recognize it because he's like nine in Iron Man 3 and now he's like 15 years old. Yeah, I mean, you know. They use that de-aging technology on him to make him recognizable. (laughs) Yeah, make him a young kid again. A young kid again. Um, Okay. So... That's that's this, you know. Um, it's 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 fan servicey, but it's for it's fan servicey for people who know and love these movies. It's that's not what necessarily, is, right? yeah. It's not necessarily, um, you know, a comic book nerd type of film. Um, uh, it really just 
took almost every risk it could possibly take, I thought, and every risk seemed to have paid off, uh, minus Professor Hulk. <laughs> and that is is extremely impressive. Um, you know, I'm under the assumption that if they made another one of these, I don't know if it would make as much money or more, but I think they can make... I think they could keep cranking these things out and more people are going to be involved. Uh, more fans are going to want to see them. And it would not surprise me if the next Avengers movie breaks the opening record of this one. You know, it would not surprise me if these just keep building. Uh, if they keep building. If they keep doing what they're doing, I think it's it's just going to build. I don't, th- I don't see this thing plateauing anytime soon. Um, and maybe the absence of Robert Downey Jr. affects that, but that's really all you're losing at this point. I mean, they could bring back any of these characters, they could bring back Steve Rogers, Thor's still around, you know, Um, we're going to have black widow movie. So, so anything, everything's on the table. Um, I'm not as excited about captain Marvel as I want to be. I thought this film would be a really, you know, that captain Marvel would be the intro, but this movie would really show us who she was in the scheme of the MCU and going forward. It kind of does. I mean, but she is in the beginning and she flies away. And when when they mention, oh, there's, you know, this this Thanos thing is happening all around the galaxy uh, or all around the universe because he wiped out half the universe. And she's like, all right, well, y'all aren't as important as the rest of the universe, so I'm out. You know, and she leaves. Um, I had forgotten about her in this movie. Like, I completely, like, two hours go by without seeing her. So I was like, totally forgot. So when she comes back, I thought that payoff was awesome. Uh, that worked for me. I was like, oh, I completely mm-hmm. forgot about her. I thought that was a, uh, hey, remember me kind of thing. And when she takes down the ship, it's so awesome and epic. Um, but I just don't know what she offers other than, hey, I'm freaking powerful and I'm like Superman, like basically. Um, you know, like where it's do we go the from problem here? So with who, that who are the Avengers? Power, who are the Avengers yeah. now? Right? We've got we've got Captain Marvel. We've got um, yeah, we've got uh, Scott Lang. We've got, um, I guess, Scarlet Witch is still involved um, to a certain degree. But let's just say the most charismatic characters, other than maybe um, Chadwick Boseman and um, Tom Holland, that's kind of who your who your um, marketing material should revolve around going forward, right? Um, who are your who are your big three going to be? Going forward, right? Who do you think? It's Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Black- and Spider-Man, right? Yep, that's it. Yep, yep. I mean, I do believe they are making a sequel to Doctor Strange, so he's going to be a part of the Avengers. I don't care. I, well, I, I mean, honestly whether, wanted, what, wanted him to be done after this. but Yeah, I mean, whether I he's a big part or not, I'm just saying he, they, they are yeah. making a sequel, I believe, so he's going to be a part of the Avengers there. Um, yeah, now I'm trying to think who else. but Guardians, uh, but... Right, the Guardians, but I think that this is a nice branching point that they can kind of go off and do their own thing again, you know? Yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp are are both in it. You know, it, mm-hmm. there's there's plenty. Hawkeye could still come around if they want somebody to shoot arrows or something. Good. They used him well in this movie, by the way. Did a, did a pretty good job with him, but uh, yeah, look, there's no... You can call on all of these characters to bring them back if you need to, but but yeah, that's the main that's the main class, right? Is Cap... is. Captain Marvel, uh, Black Panther, Spider-Man, and then whatever else. Doctor Strange. Who, it doesn't matter. Whoever else. Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Wasp. It doesn't matter. Those three are your your big ticket money makers moving forward. And, and they'll be the... I imagine they'll be the focus. Maybe Captain Marvel zooms off into 
other galaxies and worlds and stuff every now and then because she they do have to figure out the scale of power with her but otherwise it's you know that's who it is moving forward all right anybody have any closing thoughts things you didn't that we didn't touch on in this um before we hit grades no i'm good okay i'm going i'm going to grade this one out at an a um, the difficulty level was in, incredible. Like I said, this this movie was everything I did not expect in all the best ways, and so I give it an A for in game. What about you guys, Brian? Yeah, it's an A plus for me. I you know it's probably an A as a movie, but um, as a just an, as an achievement. I don't know that that bumps it up mm-hmm. a notch for me. I I said somebody afterwards I was like I don't, I don't. It's certainly not a perfect movie, but it but it may be the perfect. Uh, comic book movie, p- perfect Avengers movie for sure. It's just an unbelievable. It's unbelievable what they were able to do with it, and and having all these really great, these great new moments and tied in very, I think, very seamlessly with the nostalgic moments and the the pull, the callbacks, and uh, to balance things like on your left with Thor, or excuse me, with Cap getting the control of Mjolnir and 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 Iron Man's uh, his his arc over the course of twenty two movies. I mean, it's it's. It's really incredible what they were able to do. So it's, a, it's an A plus for me. What about you, Arby? It's an A for me. Okay. Sorry, my headphones unplugged right as I went to say. A for me. That's it. Shane, what about you? Yeah, I would absolutely agree it's an A. I mean, I have a few very, very small minor quibbles with this movie. But to Kent's point and to Brian's point, the the, the juggling of balls in this movie was so great. I mean, there, there were so many things you had to do and, and you know, couldn't mess up in this movie that it was just, it was incredible what they were able to pull off. And it's an A. And I just feel like anything you might have wanted from this movie, you got it. And uh, the, the filmmakers, Marvel, Disney, the Rooster Brothers, everybody should be commended here. It, this was a stunning success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Might might not ever be touched it's from a box office perspective. Um, I can't believe it was as good as it was um, critically. You know, um, I thought to a certain extent that most most people would be turned off by the three-hour runtime, the lack of context – but I, this seems to be winning over almost everybody that sees it, and and that's uh, that's extremely impressive given the uh, given the circumstances. So, uh, let us know what you think of our review. Let us know what you thought of Avengers Endgame. You can reach out to us on social media at Mad About Movies on Twitter. Find us on Facebook and Instagram as well, and uh, let us know what you thought. Give us a follow. Shoot us an email. Our website's madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Um, all of our episodes are archived on our podcast. If you're a first-time listener, we've got uh, 500 episodes. I think only the first 200 or so are, are listed in the iTunes feed. So anything uh, far back you want to find, we have a search function on the website that should help you out there. And uh, a lot of content. We've done almost all the MCU movies since uh, 2012. Um, and we've done throwbacks on most of the ones we haven't hit. So a lot of, a lot of Marvel-related content out there, a lot of... Uh, a lot of piss jar cinematic universe. If that's your thing, um, you can hit that as well. Um, but I'm I'm excited about you know talking Marvel again in one month. So I guess we're getting another one of these. That's it. Honestly, surprises me with with how guarded they are with the security and and where they're going to go. That they just went ahead full force with the marketing for Spider Man before this came out. You know. Given how much how the reputation is, it wouldn't have surprised anyone. I don't think if 
if um, they didn't even show a trailer until like this movie, you know, for Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, to the, the Maybe the part of the reason for my half grade, like I felt like the stakes were a little less for me in my mind, knowing the movies that we've got coming out, knowing the characters that we got. So from maybe just the industry side of things, you know, that kind of lessened the stakes for me. But um, we'll see, you know, in a month, if this works again in a month. And, you know, if this, if um, Spider-Man Far From Home makes, uh, you know, $200 million the opening weekend, like this thing is a train that is not slowing down anytime soon. That's for sure. Um, Okay. So, Brian, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the Twitter, bgill 12 You can find my writing at madamymoviespodcast.com. We just had a, a just right before this movie came out, I put out my updated mcu rankings if you'd like to go check those out and yell at me about uh about uh how wrong i am or something so check that out uh richard what about you buddy you can find me on all the social media at richard barden b-a-r-d-o-n shane i know you're on facebook right mm-hmm. shane byerley you can find him on there b-i-e-r-l-e-y there we go so i can't spell verbally kent where can we find you <laughs> find me on twitter uh kent garrison kentgarrison.com and uh you can find Batman Shane and all our Batman-related episodes if you want more from him. Uh, thank you for listening. Next week, I believe we're talking long shot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And um, a, a romantic comedy. So if you're not seeing Avengers again, go see Longshot <laughs> and join us back here next week for our thoughts on that. Um, until then, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face Again.